a logo. ACB in print and braille, American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. 62nd Annual National Conference and Convention, General Session, Thursday, July 6th, 2023. In a large ballroom filled with rows of tables and chairs sits an audience of conference attendees. In the front, center of the room is a stage with a podium in the center and tables on both sides. A banner of the American Council of the Blind logo is on the wall behind the stage. To the left and right of the stage are two walls lined with banners bearing the names of past American Council of the Blind convention locations. A large screen standing to the right of the stage displays a video of the presenters on the stage. Deb Cook-Lewis, ACB president, stands at the podium. Where are you, but where are you? Yeah, we're at we're, uh, North Dakota, Ohio table. Okay. So, um, if uh, I'd like to sell those three tickets here in this room. Yeah, they're very heavy. He doesn't want to have to carry them yeah, out of here. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, please don't let him do that. It's hard on him. Yeah. Older guy and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. All right. All right, Georgia. Okay, I think we're getting them. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. That's excellent. All right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay. I'm just, just still standing by till I hear from Rick here. Any other announcements? Because we may never have another chance. <laughs> Did y'all go get your stuff at the Lost and Found? I didn't get any update from them, so I assume that. Um, can they still get? Are, are they have to be old? Oh, they could go till noon if they need a banquet table too, right? No, can't get any more banquet tables. If you didn't sign up for a banquet table, you're going to eat on the floor. And my dog will be right there beside you. <laughs> And she did get the cup of food she needed. Yay. So she is, she uh, will be eating that. Um, she appreciates that so very much, yes. And she got lots of offers, but she's kind of sensitive, so we, they, we've, we finally found a match. So, yeah. So she did get her food. Otherwise, she was going to get chicken from the restaurant, although she was lobbying for steak. <laughs> she said, I think I'm worth a steak, don't you think? I think chicken is expensive enough in here. <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay. All right. How are we coming back there, Rick? Yeah, we're having the video's not back, but we may have to start without it. The stream okay. is coming up in about two minutes. Okay. Well, let's give it the two minutes, and then. And then we will. We do need to start pretty soon. So, are we streaming? Madam President, this is Donna Brown. If yes, I have ma- a chance to talk, can I talk? Uh, uh, yes. Real, real fast. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to tell people it's not too late to make your walk donation, especially if you make it to the West Virginia Walkers team. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, you I reg- think there's an objection. Yeah. You can, <laughs> you can go to registration and, and they will help you because I know the internet is wonderful here to do it yourself, but they right. will help you at registration. Thank you. Oh, very good. Yeah, that's helpful. So until noon, you can drop by registration for help with the walk sign up. That's really helpful. Okay. We'll just get started here in just a minute. Flexibility is kind of what we're all about.
Yeah. <laughs> Looking around out loud. Yes, I like that. All right. Okay. Yeah, we apologize for the delay. Power being what it is, you know, we're so power dependent these days. And it really does just a little teeny blip of the power, and the whole thing does go down. So um, we have a lot of technology back here. I just want to acknowledge our tech crew led by Rick Morin. And we got a lot of folks back there. We got uh, Ryan Cordell. We got... Um, uh, we got uh, Doug, we got uh, Bryn, we got everybody. Dennis Becker. Yeah? Dennis Becker. Yes, Dennis Becker. We, I, I don't want to try to name everybody because it's too hard. But, um, but we've got a whole crew, and they have really been working hard to keep everything rolling just as well as we possibly can this week. So We are up and running. All yes. right, everywhere. Thank you. Yay. All right. Let's get underway. It is time to have our, um, our flag salute this morning. It is being brought to us by our J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows. So Benjamin Wright from Henderson, Kentucky, Melina Vanderwall from Caledonia, Michigan, Terry Turlow from Louisville, Kentucky, Liz Botner from Washington, D.C., and Cheryl Cummings from Seattle, Washington. Yay. Come on up, guys. Thank you so much, guys. That was great. All right. This morning, we will have our final reading for our ACB um, corporate and individual sponsors. Are we ready with that? Rick, are we ready with the videos? Uh, it just went black on us again, Deb. Oh, my God. You know what, guys? We're going to go to the affiliate roll call. We, we have to move along. We will come back to that stuff. We don't quite know what's going on. Um, and we apologize for any confusion about that. And if we do have any affiliates who aren't lined up in their spot yet, that will be patient with you, but we are going to move along. So um, if you are a delegate and you are not in this room, and you know if you're not in this room because you don't have little goosebumps on your arms that say what the temperature is. So it's really not bad in here this year. I, I don't think it's nearly as bad as it's been some of our conferences. But it's still a little chilly, so if you've got little Braille on your arms, then you're in here with us and you need to stay. If you are at home where it's whatever temperature and you're laying on the bed, you need to get in your Zoom. And let's go ahead, Denise, if we can, uh, begin our roll call for the resolutions and constitution and bylaw amendments. 
Can we do that? We got to get Denise in the right spot here for this. Okay. This will be the last day we have to do this. Now, listen. I know, I feel that way too. Let's make sure. Rick, do you have the other Zoom up? Ask him, Denise. Zoom. Uh, Rick, do you have the other Zoom up? Yes, ma'am. All right. Okay, so what we're going to do is when I call your affiliate, you will give me your responses. We're going to do the resolutions first. So you will give me your responses for 06, then 12, then 13, then... I, I don't want to seem uh, flippant about this, but I have thought seriously that... If um, I have four votes to cast, and the word F-O-R sounds like a number, then I might vote something like point five four three point five against. And that would be a proper vote. On the other hand, I could say point five yes, point three point five no. And that would be a little more clear. So what I would like to do is suggest that we use yes and no for voting. Thank you. If you want to get me to go down through and and say the numbers, but I thought for time purposes, would that be okay? Yeah, give me the numbers, please. Okay, so it's 06, it's 3 yes. Hold on just a second. Yeah, this one, it's, yeah, it's going to be a long roll call. That's. Okay, so three yes, four. 06, uh, resolution 2306. And so three, uh, three yes for oh six, and three yes for uh, uh, for twelve. It's two yes, two one yes. no, and one no. Okay. For thirteen, and thirteen, three it's, yes. Whoops. Okay. Bylaw one, three yes. All right, so everything's three yes except for 12, which is two yes and one no. Thank you. Arizona, two votes. Good morning. Uh, For six, two yes. Twelve, 1.5 yes, 0.5 no. Hold on. Six. Eight. Two yes. Okay. Twelve. 
1.5 yes, 0.5 no. Okay, 12, 1.5 yes, 1.5, or 0.5 no. Uh -huh. <laughs> 13, 1 yes, 1 no. 13, 1 yes, 1 no. Okay. 1, 2 yes. One, uh, 2023 01 is 2 yes? Yes. Okay. 2, 1.5 yes, 0.5 no. And 2, 1.5 yes, 0.5 no. Correct. Arkansas, two votes. Good morning. On resolution 06, Arkansas has two yes. Two yes. Okay. For 12, it is also two yes. Two yes. Okay. For 13, it is two yes. Two yes. Mm -hmm. For bylaw 1, it is also two yes. Two yes. And for bylaw 2, two yes. Two yes. Thank you. California, 20 votes. California. One more time, California. All right, Matt, Connecticut, one vote. Connecticut, uh, six, one vote yes. One yes for six. Twelve, uh -huh. one vote no. One vote no for 12. Uh, what's the 13? Uh, what vote yes? One vote yes for 13. Uh, constitutional amendment, the first one, one yes, and the second one, one yes. Amendment one, yes. Amendment two, yes. Delaware, one vote. Delaware would like to cast uh, one vote across the board, yes. All right. One vote across the board, yes. That's easy. <laughs> District of Columbia, five votes. District of Columbia. One more time, District of Columbia. Florida, 19 votes. Good morning, Florida, zero six. 14, yes, 5, no. Zero, 06, 14, yes, 5, no. Correct. 12 is 13, yes, 6, no. Number 12, 13, yes, 6, no. 13 is 17, yes, 2, no. 13, 17, yes, 2, no. And the amendments, we have 18 yes, 1 no on 1. Amendment, eight. Uh, amendment 1, eight, uh, 18 yes, 1 no. Yes, ma'am. And then on 2, it's 18 yes, 1 no. Oh, 2, 18 yes, 1 no. Yes, ma'am. 
Georgia, five votes. Okay, Georgia on uh, resolution six, 1.5 yes, 3.5 no. Oh, six, 1.5 yes, 3.5 no? Yes, okay. correct. All right. And uh, 12 is five yes. On 13. Hold on, 12, five yes. Okay. 13, 3.5 yes. 1.5 no. 13, 3.5 yes. 1.5 no. And the bylaw, uh, zero, 01, 5 yes. And on bylaw 2, 3, 4, 4 yes, 1 no. Bylaw 1 is 5 yes. And bylaw 2 was what again? Four, four yes, yes, one no. One no. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you. Hawaii, three votes. Hawaii casts its three votes across the board, all yes. All right. Across the board, three votes, all yes. Illinois, three votes. Good morning, Denise. Awesome job. Um, resolution 2023-06, we vote two yes, one no. 06, two yes, one no. Uh, 12 is um, also two yes, one no. 12, two yes, one no. Uh, 13 is 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. 13, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. And uh, bylaw amendment... 01 is 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. Amendment 01, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. And Amendment 2, 3 yes. Amendment 2, 3 yes. Thank you. Thank you. Indiana, four votes. For uh, number 6, we have four yeses. 06, four yes. For number 12, we have 3.5 yes and 0.5 no. 12, 3.5 yes, 0.5 no. 13, 4 yeses. 13, 4 yes. For bylaws 1 and 2, all of those are uh, 4 yes. Bylaw 01, 4 yes. Bylaw 02, four yes. Right. Kansas, three votes. What about Iowa? What about Iowa? Oh, I'm sorry, Iowa. Aww. Is this working? Oh. I just want to make sure you guys were paying attention. Okay. Yeah, they are. Do I get a vote now? Iowa, three votes. For 06, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. 06, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. 12, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. 12, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. Please speak closer to the microphone. Thank you. 13. 
2.5 yes, 0.5 no. 13, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. And for both bylaws, 3, 4, 0, no. O one, three yes, zero no. O two, three yes, zero no. Okay. Thank you. Kansas, three votes. What state are you, sir? Oh, we have. You'll be called at the very end. Kansas. One more time, Kansas. Kentucky, 13 votes. Kentucky has, for a resolution 6, 12, and 13, we have 5 yes and 8 no. Resolution 06, 5 yes, 8 no. Correct. Resolution 12, 5 yes, 6 no. 8 no. I mean, 8 no. Resolution 13, 5 yes, 8 no. And for the both amendments, we have 13 yes. Resol uh, amendment 01, 13 yes. Amendment 02, 13 yes. Bluegrass, four votes. Bluegrass, six, uh, resolution six, zero yes, four no. Resolution 06, four no. Resolution 12, zero yes, four no. Resolution 12, four no. Resolution 13.5, yes, 3.5, no. Resolution 13.5, yes, 3.5, no. Amendment 1, 4, yes, 0, no. Amendment 1, 4, yes, 0, no. Amendment 2, 4, yes, 0, no. Amendment 2, 4, yes, 0, no. Louisiana, two votes. Good morning, Madam Secretary and everybody else. Good morning, Teresa. <laughs> hey, uh, for 06, two yes. 06, two yes. 12, two yes. 12, two yes. For 13, two yes. 13, two yes. For 01, two yes. Res uh, bylaw 01, two yes. 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 And bylaw O two, two yes. Bylaw O two, two yes. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> Maine, two votes. Good morning. Maine vote for resolution zero six, two yes. For resolution. Oh, hold on, hold on. So resolution zero six, two yes. Two yes. All right. For zero twelve, uh, for twelve, uh, one yes, one no. Twelve, one yes, one no. For thirteen, one yes, 
one no. 13, one yes, one no. For bylaw amendment zero one, two yes. Bylaw zero one, two yes. And for bylaw zero two, two yes. Bylaw zero two, two yes. Thank you. Thank you. Marilyn, three votes. Marilyn asks for 06, three yes. 06, three yes. 12, two yes, one no. 12, two yes, one no. 13, two yes, one no. 13, two yes, one no. Amendment 01, three yes. Amendment 01, three yes. Amendment 02, three yes. Amendment 02, three yes. Bay State, eight votes. Bay State, 06, seven yes, one no. 06, seven yes, one no. 12, Seven yes, one no. Resolution 12, seven yes, one no. 13, seven yes, one no. Resolution 13, seven yes, one no. Amendment 01, eight yes. Amendment 01, eight yes. Amendment 02, eight yes. Amendment 02, eight yes. Thank you. Michigan, five votes. All right, let's see. So Michigan is going to cast their votes as the following. Resolution six, one yes, four no. Oh, six, one yes, four no. Resolution 12, one yes, four no. Resolution 12, one yes, four no. Resolution 13, one yes, four no. Resolution 13, one yes, four no. Bylaw amendment one, five yes. Amendment one, five yes. And bylaw amendment two, five yes. Amendment two, five yes. Minnesota, three votes. Minnesota, oh, 06, three yes. Oh, 06, three yes. 12, three yes. 12, <laughs> three yes. 13, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. 13, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. Amendment 01, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. Amendment 1, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. Amendment 02, three yes. Amendment 02, three yes. Thank you. Mississippi, three votes. Madam Secretary, Mississippi cast as follows for resolution 06, three no. 06, three no. 
for resolution 12, 3, no. 12 is 3, no. Resolution 13, 3, no. Resolution 13, 3, no. Bylaw Amendment 1, 3, yes. Amendment 1, 3, yes. Bylaw Amendment 2, 3, yes. Amendment 2, 3, yes. Thank you. Missouri, 18 votes. Missouri casts its votes as followed. 06, 15 yes, 3 no. Resolution 06, 15 yes, 3 no. 12, 18 yes. Resolution 12, 18 yes. Um, resolu resolution 13, 18 yes. Resolution 13, 18 yes. Uh, 01 is 18 yes. By law 01, 18 yes. And 02 is 15 yes, 3 no. By law 02, 15 yes, 3 no. Nebraska, one vote. Zero six, one no. Resolution zero six, one no. Twelve, one yes. Resolution twelve, one yes. Thirteen, one yes. Resolution thirteen, one yes. Zero one, one yes. Amendment one, one yes. Amendment two, one yes. Amendment two, one yes. Thank you. Nevada, two votes. Nevada casts one vote yes and one vote no across the board. Okay. One vote, vote yes, one vote no. Across the board. New Jersey, three votes. Good morning, Madam Secretary. New Jersey cast all three votes yes across the board. Three votes yes across the board. New York, eight votes. Good morning, Madam Secretary and ACB. The American Council of the Blind of New York casts its votes as follows. Resolution 2023-06, six yes, two no. Oh, 06, six yes, two no. 2023-12, six yes, two no. Resolution 12, six yes, two no. 2023-13, four yes, four no. Resolution 13, four yes, Four no. Bylaw one eight yes. Resolution uh, bylaw one eight yes. And bylaw two eight yes. Bylaw two eight yes. Thank you. North Carolina three votes. Good morning, North Carolina casts one point five yes and one point five no across the board. 1.5 yes, 1.5 no across the board. Thank you. Thank you. 
North Dakota, seven votes. North Dakota has on measures, or uh, number six is six yes and one no. Resolution 06, six yes, one no. Number 12 is four no and two yes. That's only six votes. Oh. You have seven. Five. <laughs> five no and two yes. Two yes. Five, no, for resolution 12, okay? And the rest are seven, yes, all the way down. All right, so resolution 13, seven, yes. Bylaw one, seven, yes. Amendment two, I mean, bylaw two, seven, yes. Ohio, seven votes. Good morning, everyone. Resolution 06, one, uh, I apologize, six, yes, one, no. Oh, six, six, yes, one, no. Resolution 12, five, yes, two, no. Resolution 12, five, yes, two, no. Resolution 13, five, yes, two, no. Resolution 13, five yes, two no. Bylaw Amendment 1, seven yes. Amendment 1, seven yes. Bylaw Amendment 2, seven yes. Amendment 2, seven yes. Thank you. Oklahoma, 17 votes. 17 yes across the board. All right, Oklahoma cast 17 yes across the board. Thank you. Thank you. Oregon, four votes. Good morning. Oregon casts four votes yes across the board. Oregon casts four votes, votes yes across the board. Pennsylvania, eight votes. Pennsylvania casts for resolution six, seven yes, one no. Resolution 06, seven yes, one no. Resolution 12, 7.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 12, 7.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 13, 6.5 <clears throat> yes, 1.5 no. Resolution 13, 6.5 yes, 1.5 no. Bylaw 1, 8 yes. Bylaw 01, 8 yes. Bylaw 2, 8 yes. Bylaw 02, 8 yes. Thank, Thank you. you. <clears throat> South Dakota, three votes. South Dakota casts for resolution six, 1.5 yes, 1.5 no. Resolution 06, 1.5 yes, 1.5 no. For 12, one yes, two no. Resolution 12, one yes, two no. 
for 13, two yes, one no. Resolution 13, two yes, one no. Bylaw one, three yes. Bylaw one, three yes. And bylaw 02, three yes. Bylaw 02, three yes. Thank you. Tennessee, six votes. Tennessee, oh, sorry about that. Tennessee, resolution 06, six no. Resolution 06, six no. The remainder across the board are six yes. Resolution 12, six yes. Resolution 13, six yes. Bylaw 01, six yes. Bylaw 02, six yes. Thank you. Thank you. Texas, 11 votes. Madam Secretary, the results of the uh, Texas affiliate vote have uh, been in an envelope that has been hermetically sealed <laughs> until just a few moments ago. And after opening that envelope, we have found the results. Uh, they've been audited by Anderson and Cooper, and we are ready to reveal those results to you this morning. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, for resolution 06, that would be 10 in the affirmative and 1 in the negative. Resolution 06, 10 yes, 1 no. For resolution 12, that would be 11 in the affirmative and 0 in the negative. Resolution 12, 11 yes. Resolution 13, that would be a 10 in the affirmative, 1 in the negative. Resolution 13, 10 yes, 1 no. Now, as for those bylaw amendments, which we know we have to do those every year just to keep everybody straight, uh, for bylaw uh, number 01, that will be 11 in the affirmative. Bylaw 01, 11, yes. And finally, and I hate to do this, but this is the last report I have, uh, bylaw uh, 02, that would be 11 in the affirmative and 0 in the negative. Bylaw 02, 11, yes. I'll yield the remainder of my time to the next delegate. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> we, we have lots of fun in Texas. Utah, 11 votes. Utah. 11 votes. One more time, Utah, 11 votes. Vermont, three votes. Vermont, three votes in the affirmative across the board. Vermont votes three yes across the board. Virginia, two votes. Virginia, uh, Virginia casts uh, on, uh, on resolution six, one for and one against. Zero six, one yes, one no. Uh, for resolution 12, one yes, one no. Resolution 12, 
one yes, one no. Resolution 13.5 yes, 1.5 no. 13.5 yes, 1.5 no. Bylaw Amendment 1, uh, 2 yes. Bylaw 1, 2 yes. Bylaw 02, 2 yes. Bylaw 02, 2 yes. Thank you. Washington, 16 votes. <laughs> Washington, 06 is 12 yes, 4 no. Resolution 06, 12 yes, 4 no. 12 is 15 yes, 1 no. Resolution 12, 15 yes, 1 no. Resolution 13 is 13 yes, 3 no. Resolution 13 is, you say 13 yes? Right. Uh -huh. 13 yes, uh, 3 no. Bylaw 01 is 14 yes, 2 no. Bylaw 01, 14 yes, 2 no. Bylaw 02 is let me get 15 yes, 1 no. Bylaw 02, 15 yes, 2 no. One no. One no. One no. Wait, yes. 15 yes, 1 no. Yes, and I have correct. to say I'm jealous of the people that got one way all across the board. <laughs> <laughs> Washington, that is everything the hard way. That's right. <laughs> West Virginia, one vote. Okay, so uh, resolution 06.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 06.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 12.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 12.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 13, 1 yes. Resolution 13, 1 yes. Uh, bylaw 01, 1 yes. Bylaw 01, 1 yes. And bylaw 02, 1 yes. Bylaw zero two one yes. Wisconsin one vote. Wisconsin, resolution six, one yes. Resolution zero six one yes. Resolution twelve one no. Resolution twelve one no. Resolution thirteen one yes. Resolution 13, one yes. Bylaw amendment one, one yes. Amendment 01, one yes. Amendment 02, one yes. Amendment 02, one yes. Alliance on Aging and Vision Laws, six votes. Good morning, Madam Secretary. ACB's most mature affiliate votes as follows. Resolution 06, four yes, two no. Resolution 06, four yes, two no. Resolution 12, five yes, one no. Resolution 12, five yes, one no. 
Resolution 13, 4, yes, 2, no. Resolution 13, 4, yes, 2, no. Amendment 01, 6, yes. Amendment 01, 6, yes. And Amendment 02, 6, yes. Amendment 02, 6, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Teachers, two votes. Resolution 6, 1, 1, Whoops. I'm going to try that again. You were... Can you try that again, please? Sure. Resolution 6, one yes, one no. Resolution 06, one yes, one no. Resolution 12, 1.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 12, 1.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 13, one yes, one no. Resolution 13, one yes, one no. Amendment 01, two yes. Amendment 01, two yes. And Amendment 02, two yes. Amendment 02, two yes. Thank you. Attorneys, two votes. Because, Madam Secretary, I cannot compete with my friend Chris Prentice. <laughs> Nobody can compete with him. I'm, I'm going to just announce that AAVIA casts two votes across the board. Two yes across the board? Yes. Two yes across the board. <laughs> Diabetics, five votes. <clears throat> Good morning, ACB. Oh, Ooh. We're getting feedback. Yeah. How's that? Nope. I'm going to go to another mic. Good. That's <laughs> okay. We can get you. We can get you. You're fine. Well, thank you for the compliment. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going for the competition here. I am so proud to be the delegate of ACB Diabetics. So hello, everybody. Home of the Sugar Warriors, over $8,000. Woo-hoo! And I believe we're still number one. Um, okay. I am so honored to say we have a command center. Um, it's not just me that's pulling this to go. Um, Veronica and... Yeah, can okay. We... All right. Yeah. So it's um, 2.5 for all the resolutions and uh, 5 for both resolutions. So two... Wait a minute. Can you... 2.5... Yes, 2.5. No, oh, okay, so for what? 6, 12, and 13. Okay. Okay, so 06, 2.5, yes. 2.5, no. Thir 12, 2.5, yes. 2.5, no. Yes, ma'am. 13, 2.5, yes. 2.5, no. And both resolutions, <clears throat> 5, yes. Resolution Zero, no. 01, 5, yes. I mean, by law, I'm sorry. And by law, oh, two, uh, five, yes. And thank you, Becky Dunkerson and Veronica, for controlling the command center. Come on. 
ACB families, four votes. ACB families cast votes as follows. For resolution 06, one yes, three no. Resolution 06, three yes, no. No, one yes, one yes, three no. Mm-hmm. Okay. For resolution 12, one yes, three no. Resolution 12, one yes, three no. For resolution 13, one yes, three no. Resolution 13, one yes, three no. Bylaw Amendment 1, three, no, sorry, four yes. Amendment one, four, yes. And for amendment two, four, yes. Amendment two, four, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Government employees, one vote. Good morning. <clears throat> Government employees cast the ballot for the delegate as follows. Resolution 2023-06, yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 06, 0.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 2023, 12, 0.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 12.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 13, 0.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 13, 0.5 yes, 0.5, no. Bylaw amendment, 01, 1, yes. Amendment 1, 1, yes. Bylaw amendment, 02, 1, yes. Amendment 02, 1, yes. Thank you. ACB Lions, four votes. ACB Lions, the affiliate that likes to roar. Um, amendment or uh, resolution 06, three yes, one no. Resolution 06, three yes, one no. Resolution 12, three yes, one no. Resolution 12, three yes, one no. Resolution 13, three yes, one no. Resolution 13, three yes, one no. And both of the uh, bylaw amendments, four yes for both of them. Amendment 01, four yes. Amendment 02, four yes. Thank you. ACB Next Generation, three votes. ACB will only... First Amendment or resolutions of uh, 06 is going to be 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. Resolution 06, 3.5 yes, 2.5 yes, yes, 1.5 no. Correct. Okay, resolution 12 <coughs> is going to be 2 yes, 1 no. Resolution 12. Two yes, one no. Uh, resolution 13 is going to be three yes. Resolution 13, three yes. And then we're going to go to the amendments. Uh, 01 is going to be 2.5 uh, 2. yes, 0. 0.5 no. 
Amendment 01, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. Correct. Uh, uh, amendment 2, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. Amendment 02, 2.5 yes, 0.5 no. Thank you very much. Thank you. Radio Amateurs, one vote. ACB Radio Amateurs casts one vote yes across the board. Radio Amateurs casts one vote yes across the board. Thank you. ACB students, one vote. ACB students, one vote. <laughs> and finally, ACB students, one vote. Bits, seven votes. <clears throat> Bits cast for resolution six, five yes, two no. Resolution zero six, five yes, two no. Resolution twelve, five yes, two no. Resolution twelve, five yes, two no. Resolution thirteen, six yes, one no. Resolution thirteen, six yes, one no. Amendment one, seven, yes. Amendment zero one, seven, yes. Amendment two, seven, yes. Amendment zero two, seven, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Secretary. Thank you. Blind Pride, four votes. Good morning, Madam Secretary. While it might be a little hard for us to get our member votes straight, we're ready to go gaily forward. For resolution six, survey says four yes. For resolution hold 12. On, hold on, hold on. Zero, resolution 06, four yes. Okay. For resolution 12, survey says three yes, one no. Resolution 12, three yes, one no. For 13, for yes, and for both bylaws, for yes. Resolution 13, for yes. Bylaw 01, for yes. Bylaw 02, for yes. Thank you so much. Thank that you. concludes Blind Pride Family Feud. <laughs> oh, you guys are all, yeah. Braille Revival League, 11 votes. Good morning, everyone. Um, after getting input from 76 of our members for this, um, we have for resolution 06, eight yes, three no. Resolution 06, eight yes, three no. Mm -hmm. Resolution 12, eight yes, three no. Resolution 12, eight yes, three no. Resolution 13, nine yes, two no. Resolution 13, nine yes, two no. 
The Constitutional Amendment uh, 01 is 11 yes. Amendment 01, 11 yes. And Amendment 02 is 11 yes. Amendment 02, 11 yes. Thank you. Thank you. CCLVI, 10 votes. CCLVI, Resolution 06, 3 yes, 7 no. Resolution 06, 3 yes, 7 no. Resolution 12, 3.5 yes, 6.5 no. Resolution 12, 3.5 yes, 6.5 no. Resolution 13, 3 yes, 7 no. Resolution 13, 3 yes, 7 no. And I don't like across the board, but the exactas play pretty good. So the next two races are 10 yes. Bylaw 01, 10 yes. Bylaw 02, 10 yes. Thank you. Friends in Art, two votes. Good morning, Madam Secretary. Friends in Art casts votes this, uh, accordingly this way. Um, resolution 06, <clears throat> one yes, one no. Resolution 06, one yes, one no. Resolution 12, one yes, one no. Resolution 12, one yes, one no. Resolution 13, two yes. Resolution 13, two yes. Bylaw 01, two yes. Bylaw 01, two yes. And bylaw 02, two yes. Bylaw 02, two yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guide dog users, 15 votes. Good morning, everyone. Um, guide dog users on resolution 06, 11 yes Zero. and 4 no. Resolution, resolution hold on. Resolution, I'm sorry. Zero, that's all right. Resolution 06, you said what? 11? 11 yes and 4 no. Okay, resolution, okay. So I'm sorry. I'm, 11 yes, 4 no. All right. Correct. Right. 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 <laughs> uh, re resolution uh, 12. Um, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. 12.5. Yes. 2.5. No. Resolution 12. 12.5. Yes. 2.5. No. Uh, resolution 13. 14 yes, 1 no. No, you only have 15 votes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, can you repeat that one again? For, oh, for resolution 13 is 14 yes and 1 no. Resolution 13, 14 yes, 1 no. 1 no. Um, uh, bylaws. Yeah, uh, zero one uh, bylaw amendment zero one is fifteen yes. 
Bylaws, no. Bylaw 0115, yes. And bylaw amendment 02 is 14.5 and 0.5, no. Bylaw 02, 14.5, yes. 0.5, no. Yes. Thank you. Ivy, one vote. Ivy, the affiliate that gets down to business, or, and we're made up of business executives, so we got together and made an executive decision. So here is our decision as follows. Resolution 06, we are going to cast 0.5, yes, 0.5, no. Resolution 06, 0.5, yes, 0.5, no. And resolution 12 is going to be one yes. Resolution 12, one yes. And resolution 13 is going to be 0.5, yes, 0.5, no. Resolution 13, 0.5, yes, 0.5, no. Now we move on to the bylaws. Amendment 1 is going to be 1 yes. Amendment 1, 1 yes. And Amendment 2 will also be 1 yes. Amendment 2, 1 yes. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Madam Secretary. Lua, seven votes. Resolution 6. Five yes, two no. Resolution zero six, five yes, two no. Number 12, 4.5 yes, 2.5 no. Resolution 12, 4.5 yes, 2.5 no. Resolution 13, five yes, two no. Resolution 13, Five yes, two no. Bylaw Amendment 1, seven yes. Amendment 1, seven yes. Amendment 2, seven yes. Amendment 2, seven yes. Thank you. RSVA, seven votes, 17 votes, excuse me. Rendell Shepherd Vendors of America. Uh, the number six, we're voting 10, yes, seven, no. Resolution 06, 10, yes, seven, no. Number 12, we're voting 17, yes. Resolution 12, 17, yes. 13, we're voting 17, yes. Resolution 13, 17, yes. And bylaws, one seventeen yes. Amendment oh one seventeen yes. And number two seventeen yes. Amendment oh two seventeen yes. And we think you ought, we ought to split it and have us go first sometime. <laughs> ah, I, I. Computers not cooperating. Twenty. Yeah. Twelve, California, twenty votes. 
Good morning, Madam Secretary. I apologize for my tardiness. Still running on Pacific time, I guess. <laughs> California votes on Resolution 6, 19 yes, 1 no. Resolution 06, 19 yes, 1 no. Resolution 12, 19 yes, 1 no. I'm sorry, repeat that again. Resolution 12, 19 yes, 1 no. Resolution 12, 19 yes, 1 no. Resolution 13, 19 yes, 1 no. Resolution 13, 19 yes, 1 no. Amendment 1, 20 yes. Amendment 01, 20 yes. Amendment 2, 20 yes. Amendment 02, 20 yes. Yes. Thank you. DC Council, five votes. DC Council, five votes. You need to get to a mic. Where if the mic's not on, please. One more time, D.C. Council. Kansas, three votes. First point, this is Michael Byington, president of the Kansas Affiliate. And first, a, a point of personal privilege. Don't want you to think that our virtual Kansans are asleep at the switch. The switch just wouldn't flip. Zoom would not allow our alternate delegate who was scheduled to cast the vote, Kathy Dawson, to unmute, nor did she receive a request to unmute. So, I am casting the votes for Kansas as the replacement of, uh, delegate, and that will be for Resolution 6, 3, no. Resolution 06, 3, no. For Resolution 12, 2, yes, 3, no. Resolution. Can't do that. That's five. Uh, I'm sorry. Make that two yes, one no. Resolution My apologies. 12. Two yes, one no. I need more no. coffee. Yeah, me too. You're asleep at the switch. Uh, All right. For resolution 13, three no. Resolution 13, three no. Bylaw number one, three yes. Bylaw 01, three yes. Bylaw 02, Three yes. Thank By you. Bylaw 02, three yes. Thank you. Utah, 11 votes. Utah is sorry that we had problems, but we are here and we will make this easy. Across the board, Utah votes 11 yes. Utah votes 11 yes across the board. Correct. ACB students, one vote. They are still out partying, probably. <laughs> ACB students. What? Yeah, we would have had it at three in the morning. They would have been here. One more time, ACB students, one vote.
Madam Chair, that completes the call of the roll. Give yourselves a serious hand. You all did such a good job. Thank you so much. Now, our uh, vote counters have requested uh, some time because they actually have to order some six-toed cats so that they can get all these votes counted because it's a lot of voting. So um, they have asked for um, a little abeyance on the report. So we'll let you know. Don't leave. <laughs> all right. We're going to get back to our agenda, and I would like to now... Uh, move to our corporate and individual sponsor reading. The American Council of the Blind would like to thank our 2023 conference and convention sponsors. Their continued support is sincerely appreciated. Diamond Sponsors, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, Microsoft, Vispero, Vanda Pharmaceuticals, Comcast. Emerald Sponsors, Amazon, MGM Resorts, Cruise, Verizon, Janssen. Ruby Sponsors, AT&T, Google, Waymo, Uber, Netflix, National Cable and Telecom Association, NCTA, Humanware, Charter Communications, Adobe. Onyx Sponsors, Celeste, American Printing House, APH, IRA, Democracy Live Incorporated, Walmart, United Airlines. Coral Sponsors, ACB Families, ACB Lions, National Industries for the Blind. Pearl Sponsors, Library Users of America. Walk Sponsors, Macular Degeneration Foundation. The American Council of the Blind sincerely thanks our 2023 conference and convention individual sponsors for their generous support. Titanium, $500, Shane Aguilera, Deb Cook-Lewis, Alexander Densmore, Rachel Densmore, Alice Massa, Roberta McCall, Herbert Rado. Platinum, $250. Chris Bell, Betsy Doan, Charles Nabarretti, Edwin Rumsey, Marilyn Sanders, Maria Stone, Tim Stone. Gold, $100. George Abbott, Dave Adams, Andrew Arvidson, JoLynn Bailey-Page, Sean Barrett, Artis Bazin, Viola Benson, Kevin Burkery. Karen Blackowitz, Ruth Boykin, Barbara Brown, Donna Brown, Lisa Bush, Karen Campbell, Ray Campbell, Laura Lee Kastner, Jason Castingway, Brian Charlson, Kim Charlson, Beth Corley, Gail Crossan, Virginia DeBlay, Janet Dickelman, Dan Dillon, Jay Dudna, Stephen Dresser, Brian Dufelmeyer, Kathleen Duke, Mike Duke, Grady Ebert, Tom Frank, Catherine Frederick, Larry Gassman, Susan Glass, David Goldstein, Howard Goldstein, Vicki Golightly, Karen Gorgie, Deborah Grubb, Mary Heroyan, Brian Hartgen, Peter Heidi, Debbie Hill, Marilee Hill Kennedy, Cynthia Hirakawa, Donald Horn, Christine Hunsinger, Douglas Hunsinger, Linda Hunt, Richard Johnson, Paul Kelly, Jim Kennedy, Victoria Kennedy, Maria Christick, Gary Leggetts, Nanette Leggetts, Barbara Lombardi, Kathy Lyons, Jean Mann, John McCann, Glenn McCulley, Ursula McCulley, Cheryl McNeil Fisher, Sue McQuirk, Michael Moran, Shirley Myers, Rosalind Nadler, Philip O'Bregan, Crystal Platt, Donna Pomerantz, Mitchell Pomerantz, Chris Prentice, Sarah Presley, Francie Reboloso, Sherry Richardson, Adam Rushaval, Carla Rushaval, Marilyn Sanders, Lois Scholes, Melanie Sinui, 
Dan Spoon, Karen Spry, Nancy Sumner, James Swartz, Helen Taliaferro, Lucinda Talkington, Miles Tamashiro, Howard Thomas, Janice Thomas, Joseph Tingler, Lee Tucker, Ryan Villarreal, Charlene Wills, Vita Zavoli. Silver, $50, Sarah Alkman, Michael Alvarez, Albert Anderson, Renee Arrington Johnson, Colette Arvidson, Roseanne Ashby, Andrew Baracco, Mary Baracco, Don Barrett, Eugene Batke, Rick Bogus, Liz Botner, Julie Brantley, Peter Brass, Ronald Brooks, Donna Browning, Carolyn Burley, Kimberly Carmichael, Olivia Chavez, Christy Crespin, Charles Cronin, Mary Ellen Cronin, Vicki Curley, Christopher Devon, Rita Dillick, Danette Dixon, Margie Donovan, Anita Doyle, Casey Dutmer, Paul Edwards, Chris Flyzak, Patty Fletcher, Sarah Freeman-Smith, Michael Garrett, Peggy Garrett, Terry Gorman, Christopher Gray, Patricia Griggs, Billy Guevara, Nona Heroyan, Jeffrey Harris, Rochelle Hart, Lupita Hernandez, Cindy Hollis, Melody Holloway, Karen Hughes, Connie Giacomini, Jim Girac, Kenneth Johnson, Eldon Kaiser, Lynn Corral, Martin Kuhn, Jeanette Kutash, Judy Lever, Rick Lewis, Kay Love, Eugene Lozano, Michael Malver, Julie McCullough, Dale McQuirk, Gary Messman, Rose Miller, Bell Mills, William Morris, Mary Morse, Cecily Nipper, Nicolette Noyes, Michael O'Brien, Frank Pacheco, Terry Pacheco, Bet Passanante Rodriguez, Jane Perry, Alan Peterson, David Plumley, Deborah Plumley, Linda Perel, Douglas Powell, Bruce Radke, Kenneth Reed, Carl Richardson, Alice Richhart, Bonnie Robertson, Stephen Robertson, Deborah Robinson, Richard Rueda, Catherine Schmidt Whitaker, Rachel Schroeder, LaDonna Seliger, Sandra Sermons, Joe Slayton, Kevin Slayton, David Smith, John Smith, Naomi Soul, Leslie Spoon, Janice Squires, John Stark, Sharon Stradalkowski, Sheila Styron, Leslie Tom, Robert Turner, Cindy Vega, Deborah Versteeg, Ricardo Villa, Frank Welty, Beverly Wyland, Donald Worth, Sheila Young, The Literacy Project. Silver, $25. Mary Abramson, Robert Acosta, Ruth Ann Acosta, David Anderson, Kathy Arnold, Jeffrey Bennett, Susan Bowmaster, Anne Brash, Christina Brino, Sandra Burgess, Anne Byington, Michael Byington, Alan Casey, Kathy Casey, Anne Chiapetta, Marla Chorney, Teresa Christian, Doreen Cornwell, Anicio Correa, Joey Couch, Natalie Couch, David Cox, Patty Cox, Edward Crespin, Pierre Curry, Teresa Curry, Joyce Dribben, Tony Ames, Suzanne Erb, Tyson Ernst, Teresa Eskew, Lynn Evans, Marsha Farrow, Joyce Feinberg, Hazel Fields, Vicki Flake, Todd Freitas, Ninetta Garner, Kathleen Gerhardt, Michael Godino, Marianne Grignon, Timothy Hairston, Mary Hayes, Debbie Hazelton, Debbie Herring, Terry Lynn Higashi, Robert Hill, Kenny Hillestad, Darlene Hilling, Linda Holliday, Marion Howell, Sue Howell, Betty Huffman, Vicki Ireland, Jean Jacobs, Katherine Johnson, Pamela Johnson, Jean Kalshur, Thomas Kaufman, Richard Keyes, Donald Coors, Geraldine Coors, Cindy Laban, Pauline LaMontagne, Kevin LaRose, Paul Lewis, Pamela Locke, Vanessa Lowry, Raymond Marcus, Danielle McIntyre, Pamela Metz, Jamaica Miller, Maureen Moscato, Marsha Moses, Marilyn Murata, Nancy Murray, Terry Nettles, Destane Noller, Deanna Noriega, Larray Olson, Kim Polk, Jeffrey Peddle, Mary Piccarello, Doug Puitz, Mickey Quenzer, Reverend Raymond Razor, Randy Reed, Carrie Regan, Lynn Roberts, 
Shirley Roberts, Gregory Rosenberg, Debbie Rosier, Nathan Ruggles, Kathy Rushwin, James Rutherford, Diane Scalzi, Barry Schur, Nicole Schlender, Marge Schneider, Delaney Schroeder, Christine Schumacher, Joseph Self, Kenneth Semyon Sr., Karen Schroeder, Connie Sims, Allison Smitherman, Michael Smitherman, Tammy Snyder, Ellen Sorensen, Joe Sorensen, Bill Sparks, Jennifer Sparks, Amber Steet, Kevin Stone, Monica Svopa, Ellen Telker, Terry Turlau, Jeff Tom, Lindsay Tilden, Thomas Tobin, David Trott, Rhonda Trott, Holly Turry, Patricia Tussing, Nancy Ungar, Penny Verity, Vicky Vaught, Myrna Vada, Greg Wansnyder, Mary Ward, Andre Webb, Robert White, David Wilde, Sue Wilkening, Lou Ann Williams, Gail Elaine Wilt, Judy Wolgang, Benjamin Wright, Linda Yaks, Debbie Young, Elisha Zuaro. Individual sponsors added since June 21st, 2023. Platinum sponsor, $250. Marjorie Beeman. Silver sponsors, $50. Marky Miller, Katie Lear, Greg Hollins. Bronze sponsors, $25. Jennifer Tyson, Anthony Accamini, Zerline Johnson, and Teresa Petri. All right. Thank you, ACB, for your generosity. And I'm glad I didn't have to read all that. <laughs> Thank you, one of those voices, for reading all that. You notice it was all on one breath? Yes, I did notice that. I was faster impressed. Faster and faster, too. And faster and faster. Yeah, yeah, I know. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, we are running just a little bit behind, but we do have a few more things that we need to do before we have our first speaker, so I do want to move right along, and we're going to do some angels. We're going to do some angels now, and we're going to do some additional angels, um, I believe it's after the break. So uh, we do need to complete our angels this morning, and we're so appreciative of those individuals and those contributions. Our first angel this morning is going to be Joan Hill from Klamath Falls, Oregon. Against the sparkling background, the letters ACB, and below each its corresponding braille cell, ACB presents ACB Angel. Joan Hill, February 5th, 1939 to October 30th, 2021. Joan, a white woman with curly hair, is seated with her guide dog posing at her chair. Robin Burnham. Joan Hill was a lifelong teacher and an inspiration to many people. Some people inspire us by the obstacles they overcome, but her life was a story of living with and through life's obstacles. She had to deal with deafness, blindness, being widowed young, cancer three times, and a stroke. Not an easy life, but she made a choice to be joyful and loving. Joan was the founding member of the Klamath chapter of ACB and served many years as president and treasurer. She spent countless hours on projects for ACB of Oregon as a board member, membership committee chair, and advocate for blind people. Her amazing capacity for memorization and accurate details was apparent in her work on bylaws and membership lists. She tested and helped debug the accessible voting system for Oregon. Joan grew up in New York City and graduated from a specialized math and science high school in the 1950s when women in math was rare. After college, she married and moved to Oregon. She was always active in her community, teaching piano lessons, teaching swimming skills to young mothers, and training 4-H leaders. 
Her way of living with and through adversity started with learning new skills. She didn't just accept the prognosis of what her disabilities or illnesses would limit her to. She participated in research projects to advance the treatment for her eye disease, retinitis pigmentosa, after being diagnosed in her early 30s. After being widowed and raising her children, while her vision was failing, she completed a master's in mathematics and computer education at Oregon State University. When she lost all her vision, she attended the Oregon Commission for the Blind Career and Orientation Center. She learned Braille, how to access computers with speech, skills for daily living, and to trust herself walking with a white cane. Later, she learned to trust walking with a guide dog. Stepping out in faith was a part of everyday life. Courage to face her fears and trust the angels among us. Joan traveled extensively with her guide dogs. She took grandchildren and friends to ACB conventions where they learned, had great experiences, and gained compassion. Joan was passionate about teaching people to become connected and functional with computer technology. She started a computer lab and taught students of all ages in a private school in Klamath Falls, Oregon. At the age many would retire, she transitioned her career to teaching people of various abilities, computer and business skills one-on-one. Joan knew technology could help people gain employment and live full, independent lives. She made complex tasks simpler and adapted her teaching to each person's needs. And she encouraged several of her students to join ACB and learn from others. Joan loved her family, friends, swimming, growing roses, football, knitting, and dogs. She cherished the friendships gained from participating in ACB. An incredibly brave and strong woman, her character shone through in everything she did, including years of teaching others how to be more successful through adaptive computer usage. Every day was a blessing to enjoy and look forward to with hope. A logo, ACB, in print and braille, American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. All right, thank you so much for that. All right, now... I, um, we're, we're struggling here just a little today. It's really hard when you have power things and other things happening. So we're just working it through. I do want to do Gardenia. Gardenia is a guide dog and she is from Gaithersburg, Maryland. And it's Cindy LeBond's dog. Against the sparkling background, the letters ACB, and below each, its corresponding braille cell, ACB presents ACB Angel. Guide Angel Gardenia Laban, January 27, 2011 to December 3, 2022. A light-colored dog wearing a pink bandana, Cindy Laban. Hello, my name is Cindy Laban, and I am here today to honor my guide dog, Gardenia. January 27, 2011. December 3rd, 2022. Gardenia was my first guide dog. She guided me through life and made safety my first priority. No matter where we went, Gardenia taught me to live life as a diva. She was a diva dog. I was always pretty independent, even though I had experienced low vision all of my life. Of course, I had some adjusting to do, when I lost my remaining vision in 2011. 
but I managed everything pretty well, I thought. Then I got gardenia in 2012, and my life changed completely. We found ourselves flying first or business class. Flight attendants explained that the diva needed enough room to stretch out. We were checking into hotel suites, and staff explained gardenia needed sufficient place to play. Gardenia was a flower dog in my friend's wedding. She looked beautiful walking down the aisle with a gorgeous bow on each side of her harness with the beautiful flowers. Shopping was a breeze with Gardenia also. She could identify 47 different items in the grocery store. Of course, we had to choose only the checkout lines that would lead us to her favorite cashiers. We both loved our trips to Alaska, kayaking down the Colorado River, hiking the Grand Canyon, and ambling through her favorite Shenandoah National Park. No, she didn't exactly go skydiving with me. Instead, she was waiting patiently on the ground for our enthusiastic reunion. Cruising the Caribbean and swimming out to a reef together was so much fun for both of us. Picking up clouds of sand was her favorite activity on each beach trip. Oh, I forgot, going to work each day was another adventure. Every year we visited our congressional representatives <clears throat> during the ACB Leadership Conference. She remembered where every representative's office was. And every year we made a beeline Representative Chris Van Hollen's office. Gardenia never forgot how she caught a mouse under the congressman's congressional couch that first year we went to legislative seminar. Neither did Chris's office staff. Gardenia kept me safe when riding the metro subway and crossing so many streets here throughout the D.C. area. I have no idea why, but Gardenia loved our paratransit system. Once, when we were walking down the sidewalk in D.C., and I was wondering how long we would have to wait for our already overdue metro access ride, Gardenia spotted a metro access van parked on the street and insisted that we board it. After some friendly back and forth with the driver, who had been just killing time, and Metro Access Dispatch, the driver enthusiastically agreed to give us a ride back home to Gaithersburg. Sharing life with Gardenia for 10 years, one month and 15 days, expanded my life in so many ways. She taught me to expect first-class treatment from anybody we happened to meet. We made forever friends all over the country and even in the Caribbean. She taught me that I can be safe wherever I want to be with a harness in my hand. And I truly believe she waited to know that my new guide, Goodman, was already set to be on the other end of that harness before she consented to leave me to find her own new adventures on what you would call the other side. Goodbye, my diva dog.
Sweet gardenia, you are still my guardian angel. A logo, ACB, in print and braille. American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. Oh, thank you, Cindy, for sharing gardenia with us. That's great. Our uh, next angel for this period is uh, Delbert Amon from Aberdeen, South Dakota. Against the sparkling background, the letters ACB, and below each, its corresponding Braille cell, ACB presents ACB Angel. Delbert K. Amon, June 4th, 1930 to January 9th, 1988. In a black and white photo, Delbert, a white man with thinning hair, wears a white shirt, suit coat, and a broad smile. Connie Sims. Greetings, ACB. I am Connie Sims, a member of SDAB. We are proud to present Delbert K. Amon, past member of our association as an angel. Delbert K. Amon, June 4th, 1930 to January 9th, 1988. Delbert Amon was born June 4th, 1930 in Java, South Dakota, to parents Albert and Alice Amon. He had four sisters and one brother. Delbert Dell passed away January 9th, 1988, at the age of 57. He attended Northern State University in Aberdeen, South Dakota. He graduated from the University of South Dakota Law in Vermilion, South Dakota. Dell was a charter member of ACB. He was instrumental during ACB's formative years. In 1961, he served at ACB's first chair of the Constitution and Bylaws Committee, responsible for creating ACB's current Constitution and Bylaws. Although they have been updated over time, these documents represent the bedrock of ACB's principles. Dell was elected to ACB board in 1962, 1976, 1981, and 1982. In 1978, Dell was appointed to the 18-member National Commission on Rehabilitation Counselor Certification, the first blind person to receive such an appointment. In 1978, he became ACB's first vice president. In paying tribute to him as a colleague, friend, and a true leader, Derwood McDaniel described him as the principal architect of the ACB's constitution and bylaws, which remains today in major detail as he originally wrote it. What McDaniel singled out as most memorable about Dell was his capacity to stand for principle and conviction, even when disagreeing with his friends without diminishing their respect for him or his respect for them. Chris Gray stated, I first met Dell at the 1976 ACB convention. I was deeply impressed with Dell's genuineness and low-key approach to problem-solving. I joined the ACB board in 1978, and at our first meeting, Dell had a chance to get acquainted. We became friends and served as ACB liaisons to the student organization giving them guidance and mentorship. Dell was far more patient than I with concerns and perceived problems. He was truly impressive to see him turn problems into opportunities 
that could strengthen individuals and grow the student organization. G. Mann said, in 1987, I asked President Grant Mack if I could serve on the resolution committee. He didn't need anybody there, but I had an opening on the Constitution and Bylaws Committee, suggesting I serve there. Dell was chairman of the committee. Since we had no computers, Dell gave me the task of brailing the proposed changes to the Constitution and had me read them on the convention floor. I found it very exciting, as I'd never done anything like that before. Dell died the following winter. I was appointed to chair the Constitution and Bylaws Committee and ran for the board during convention, serving eight years. But it was Dell who gave me my initial exposure to the membership. For many of us in South Dakota, he is the reason we got involved in ACB, I do believe. I consider him a mentor, as others have stated. He was genuine and respected others. He believed in me and encouraged me to go for my dreams. A logo, ACB, in print and braille, American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. Very nice tribute. And that does, you know, remind us that we can do angels from our heritage as well as our current um, members. So thank you so much for that, South Dakota and Connie. All right. I'm going to um, move us to our next presentation. We're going to do the results of the voting just before the break. So um, stay tuned for that. But right now, I'd like to introduce uh, Craig Metter from APH. He came from my state, like all the people do, right? That's right. Uh, and um, so Craig is going to just give us a quick update on things at APH. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen a group have more fun with resolutions. <laughs> So kudos to all of you for making, um, and we know in, in, in committees and in um, any time you have resolutions, that's kind of like doing push-ups and sit-ups. No one likes to do it, but it's very important. It's important for the health of, of uh, the group. So, But uh, you guys seem to have a good time with that, and, and kudos for that. I was, I was back here snickering, uh, so a lot of creative minds out there. So... Um, you know, every election, I guess, should should run that way. It should be a lot of fun. Anyhow, it's been a few years since I've had the privilege to talk to you all in person. I think it was 2019. Of course, then we had that world event called COVID. And I, um, I talked to you virtually uh, briefly during your 2020 convention. But, um, you know, at that time, I think the last thing we were talking about, APH was undergoing a lot of change. And change, 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 change was our mantra. And... You know, with, with good reason, we needed to. We needed to do a, a lot of change. And, and it's not saying that things were not solid and things were not good. It was just looking at where we needed to be as a company moving forward in the future because the needs of students and schools were radically changing. And we knew that either you can be a change agent or you can be the change recipient. And I would rather lead change and have have a hand in what uh, what the future holds for our field so um, that's what we were doing so 
you know, some of those, the biggest changes is, is right during that, co- prior to COVID, we had received a lot of the AFB treasures. Uh, we had received the um, Helen Keller archives. We had received the, correct, the Connect Center and that family of websites there, as well as AFB Press. So we, um, a lot of those programs had just come over. We were in the process, and we used that COVID time to kind of re-engineer those websites, um, improve their usability, expand. We started looking for new voices and new talent to help manage those websites, and we've seen incredible growth. So that's been very exciting. We've seen the usage on those sites go up as well, and uh, it's really been excellent. Also, during the time of COVID, we launched the Hive, and I don't know if I've had a chance to talk to you about the Hive or what the Hive is. Prior to COVID, we decided at APH, one of our roles and responsibilities to the field was to become this collector of knowledge and information, not not from a position of um, a hoarder. We didn't want to be that, but we knew that there was excellence throughout the field. Every agency, every program, every school, um, likewise universities, had these amazing caches of knowledge. Some of that was virtual, some of that was uh, in the form of white paper, some of that was in the form of demonstration videos, but it was knowledge out there. And we felt if we could help create a platform that would gather that information together. So in essence, and, and we chose the idea of the word, we chose the word hive because our field, um, if you think of our field as being a beehive, and all of you play a role in that. Everyone who's in this field, everyone who has a lived experience with blindness, as well as everyone like myself who, is, who has spent their career in this field, has something to offer, whether that's opinion, whether that's information, whether that's shared life experience. So if we're all these beeves, the, the idea of the, how a beehive works, so they tell me, I'm not, I'm not real familiar with uh, apiaries, but what they say is that bees go out, they gather pollen, so in this case, bees go out, they gather knowledge, then they bring it back to the hive. And over time, that knowledge becomes gold, that becomes the honey. So we use that term, the hive, is that if we could look at the field, if we could gather that information or at least create signposts, when someone came to this website and they said, I want to know about living with blindness. And they would type in living with blindness. Here would be something from ACB. Here would be something from the Washington State School for the Blind. Here would be something from uh, the Commission for the Blind. But there would be a whole host of places that people could then link to. And in essence, we would do a good job of helping everybody tell their story. So that was the original intent of the Hive. And then COVID hit. And things got kind of sidetracked because the biggest need was no longer that gathering of information, but actual instruction for students who were no longer in school. So using that platform, we marshaled the resources of, of teachers from across the country and were able to provide online education, three and four classes a day to students for the entire, oh my, my gosh, remaining 20, 20 school year and most of the 21 school year. And then we started to back off that as students returned to school, but we still are offering 
about, I, I, I'm trying to think, our numbers, I was looking at our numbers from last year as we collated those. We were averaging about 900 visitors to online trainings every month, and that represented individuals, families, parents, teachers, students themselves from over 40 different countries coming in. And the numbers, we were um, over 900, I mean, it was really incredible the number of people who are still accessing those resources. So that next part of creating that signpost or that the true original purpose of the hive is still underway going on right now. Next, going on, I'm going to bring, I'm just going to move through this because I know you've got lots more things to do today, but, um, you know, talking just a little bit about Connect Center and the Hive, what became very apparent during um, COVID was that services needed to become as much a product of APH as products. And so we have, have re kind of reorganized a little bit and I and we're looking more at this idea that you know we we used to be about 85% products 15% services we're now about 6535 and we're going to be looking over the next 5 years of getting that closer to 5545 or 5050 which means our resources and our energies are going as much to support people in the field or people living with blindness as we are doing with products themselves but I do want to talk about products, and I hope most of you had your ch- had a chance to get your hands on the Monarch. Yeah. So for those who's, who didn't get to see the Monarch, um, you will soon enough. Um, the Monarch, just briefly, is, I believe, the first successful. There's been a lot of attempts. APH led one of these attempts a few years ago with orbit research, with the graffiti. Um, we had a mixed bag of results, and that's because we, were, we didn't have the right technology at the time, but that's part of every new invention. There's a lot of learning, there's a lot of success, there's a lot of setbacks. But I'm happy to report that we actually, I think we've cracked the code. We have over, well, let me talk about the Monarch. First of all, who didn't get to see the Monarch, it is about the size of a gaming laptop, weighs four pounds, has 10 lines of refreshable Braille, 32 cells per line. It is the first device that will do Braille and graphics on the same page, which is incredibly exciting. I've been in this field 40 years. I started when there were no computer programs that translated Braille, and you had to do all that work on a Perkins every night to make sure your students were ready to go to the next day. And I think many of you remember the struggle of going through high school and using math books and having to have multiple volumes out plus your maybe a graphics package and teachers saying we're on problem 16 and then the amount of time and effort it took to get to problem 16. So you can imagine where we're going. Our our first test case with the Monarch is this idea of being able to have this device on your desk and the teacher says turn to page 321 problem 2. You will type in go to number sign 321 P period number sign 32 and it will take you there real time in the classroom there will be a hyperlink you double tap that hyperlink it pulls up the graphic it allow you to input on that graphic you can then so if it's mark the plots on the graph you can mark the plots on the monarch you can hit save and send it to your teacher this is where we're going with technology and we're doing that with partners from humanware and Dot Incorporated, 
We got a ways to go, I'll be honest with you, but the early results are great. We have over 100 of these units in beta, beta testing right now. We will have another three to 500 units. We'll begin training teachers this January on those units because what we have found in technology is that if we do not train teachers and uh, trainers, then they will not embrace the technology. If we just put the technology out there without training to the people who are supposed to teach the training, it a lot of times it will end up on the shelf. And we do not want to create a very expensive doorstop. We want a unit in the hands of students that will be used. So we'll begin that process. Then our goal is by 2024 is we will have at least 1,000, shooting for 2,000 units in the hands of students who are uh, probably in the upper grades uh, for this 2024 school year beginning of the August, September of 2024. So it's, uh, things are coming fast, uh, but it's pretty amazing. The other things that will be necessary with the Monarch is in order for this to be successful, one of the things that uh, we had to do was, was reinvent the BRF standard. The BRF standard was never designed for a multi-line braille display. We needed a smart standard. We needed a standard that would allow you to format and would hold that formatting even when you switched it through varying Braille codes. We needed a, a, a standard that would allow you to put in a go-to command that would help you highlight and find that, that would remember pagination. And so I'm thankful to say we have arrived at that. This was no small feat. This was about a year and a half, two years worth of negotiating work. This was like we needed legal, but we had over 40 different Braille agencies from around the globe come to an agreement on an EBRF standard. This is, yeah. And then once we, once we received agreement, we've handed this off to the DAISY Consortia to lead, lead the uh, implementation schedule on all of that. But that is exciting news because whether the Monarch is just going to be the first of many devices. This is where the future is going. That's our hope. Our hope is within five years, consumers can go out and say, I don't want the APH Humanware Monarch. I want the Vispero brand or I want the Hims brand or I want insert name here. But there will be many different tablets to choose from, many different multi-line Braille devices. And you need a standard that's going to support all those devices. So that's, that's the beauty of the standard. The other piece we've done is, or will be doing, is we'll be releasing a software development kit for this device. Because, you know, if we, um, similar to when the iPad released, there were not a lot of apps that you could put down on an iPad. But what Apple did was create a software development kit, which allowed people to create apps that met the needs of that individual, or whether it was a passion project uh, for identifying plants, or uh, a knitting or whatever that was, people were able to do that. So we're going to do the same thing with the Monarch. We will release a software development kit. So if you have a, a passion project, whether it's geography or whether it is whatever that might be, uh, gardening, you can create an app that could be downloaded to the, the Monarch in much the same way you would download an app from the Play Store you, or from the Apple Store. You would just put that onto the Monarch as well. So those are some of the cool things with technology talked about EBRF, software development. And then last but not least, uh, if you haven't heard, we are in the process of 
doing a big remodel at APH. And a big part of that, remodels are, are I would say, remodels are great when they're done. They're, they're no fun when you're going through the middle of it. Um, but it's an old building, and it's being gutted and redone on the front end. But more importantly is we are redoing the museum at the American Printing House for the Blind. And we've renamed it. It's no longer called the Museum at the American Printing House for the Blind, but what it is going to be called, the DOT Experience. And, of course, DOT referring to Braille. And um, the DOT Experience, our goal is to make this the most accessible museum experience in the world. And the way we did that is we started with um, um, the blindness community. We've started with people who have the lived experience. And we have uh, also enlisted consultants who are blind who are helping us develop that museum so that it makes sense for someone who's blind, deaf blind, mobility impaired, somebody who might have sensory um, challenges. But we want to make sure that this experience uh, meets the needs of all. So, that's one aspect. The other thing we wanted to do with this museum or experience is not make it just about our amazing treasures that we have there at APH. Louis Braille's book, the Helen Keller archives, uh, Buddy's harness, you know, all those things are wonderful. But at the end of the day, if you go through a museum and you're like, well, we saw some cool stuff. Great. How did that change your life? Our biggest challenge in the field of education, and I also see it in the, the field of life, um, and this is, this is my sight bias perspective, so forgive me if I'm wrong, is not, I, one is expectation. Expectation for my students. You know, when I, when I had all my students would be given the B for blind in their grades, and I would go back and sometimes push against that and say, they did D work. Why did you give them a B? Challenging people to have higher expectations for students and making that stick. So when we come to this experience, anyone who's sighted who goes through this experience, I want to do a couple things, or we want to do a couple things. First of all, is we want to de demystify blindness. So when you come into this experience, the first part of this museum will be an introduction to blindness. And not in the way of you know, we're throwing a sleep shade on you or we're putting you in a dark room, but we want to introduce you to people who have life experience, who live life every day with blindness and low vision. And, you know, there will be some of those people who are doing extraordinary things, but we are going to hear about people who live life normally like we do, who get up every day, you got to get your kids off to school, you're putting your shoes on one at a time, you're taking transit to work, you know, so you'll, you'll see someone who's, who's an office person. You'll see someone. So, you know, we didn't want to just put out, and, and this is not a knock against those individuals who have done amazing things like Eric Weinmeier because we want to tell his story as well. But not all of us want to climb Everest or are in any shape to climb Everest. I'll leave that for somebody else. You know, we want to tell the story, though, of everyday people who just say, you know, this blindness thing is no big deal. It's no big deal. So if we can remove that, and I, I'm sorry for, you know, some of you probably get told how much of a, how amazing and wonderful you are, and you are, 
when you do amazing, wonderful things, but I'm sure you probably get tired of it. It's like, oh my gosh, you got yourself to work on time. That's amazing. <laughs> you found your way to the grocery store. That's so inspiring. It's like, you know, get out of my way. Get me to the peanut butter. Get out of my way. So we want, to, we want to demystify blindness. We want to remove those stereotypes. We want to kind of take the sainthood off of blindness and basically just say, hey, it's people. It's people. Yes, there are challenges, but it's people. So we'll start with that. We'll start with, and this will all be through video narratives and stories being told, and you'll be introduced to people who... Everything from photographers to woodworkers to office workers to teachers to people to students who are just living life. And, and then we'll introduce you to the, the tools that make that possible. Then we'll introduce you to, you know, some of those, those bigger names probably from the field like the Helen Kellers. We'll also get into the APH history and products. But at the end, we're going to bring everyone back out. And on the back end, we're, we're going to challenge people. We're going to say, okay, there's a lot of roles you can play. First of all, we need, you, we need you to get rid of your ableist attitude. No more ableism. If, if we can change that, we, we believe we can help this field the greatest. But we want to help everyone become an ally. So we, we're trying to figure out what's the best way to do that. There may be political opportunity. It's like, hey, you want to help move the needle? We need you to write your congressperson. Here's the address of that. Hey, you, you want to figure out a role? You want to become part of, of the field? Here's opportunities. Here's how we can connect you with a university or a training program or a rehab center. Um, but this whole idea is we want to make sure that when people walk out those doors after they've this, mix, this experience, that they are changed people. They have a change of heart. They won't, they won't look on somebody with pity. Um, they won't be scared of blindness anymore. They'll have a healthy attitude. They'll have higher expectations. And they'll be engaged. We want the sighted field to become allies with us as we work towards creating an equitable society. So that's what we're shooting for at the museum. And that's not a, I mean, that's a tall task. We are weekly, we're having weekly meetings where we're just saying, well, what if we did this? And then, and it's big groups, and then we're debating that, and some ideas are going forward, and some ideas are being couched or, or shot down, and, and we reframe those things. So, um, but we're excited about this. If everything goes according to plan, this museum should be opening in late 2025, probably the summer of 2025 uh, or early fall. So, uh, but we'll get more information out about that. So that's APH in a nutshell right now. A lot of, lot of activity, a lot of growth, a lot of uh, things underway. And, um, and I appreciate the opportunity just to get up here and bring you all up to speed on all of that. And with that, I wish you all a great rest of your conference. I know you're getting towards the tail end here. Um, but, uh, I, you know. It's, it's, uh, I appreciate, once again, appreciate the opportunity to, to be with you here on these final days, and thank you for your flexibility and allowing me to come in towards the end here, and uh, wish you all the best.
There we go. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Craig. That's fabulous. We're going to be taking a break. I'll tell you what we're going to do, though, because I know how much you like to ask people questions. So if you will do the door prizes after the break. And we're going to be taking a 10-minute break. But if you have a question for Craig, we will take one question from the room and one question in Zoom. But if you need to grab a break, this would be the time to do it. Oh, he ran away? He's coming back. He's coming back. He better come back. He has to have an encore performance. You don't get off without no questions here. All right. I will take one question in Zoom, and then I will take one question in the room. To be acknowledged in the room, you'll need to go to a microphone and give us your name when I ask for it. But do we have a hand in Zoom? We just got one. All right. We have Rachel. Go ahead, Rachel. Hello? Yes. Good morning, Deb. Good morning, Chanel. Um, Good morning, Craig. Um, uh, my name is Rachel. Um, I'm calling in from Massachusetts. And um, uh, w- uh, what was the device that y- you mentioned? Um, you said it was the size of a small laptop. Thank you. Yes, Rachel, that device is called the Monarch. The Monarch. And the Monarch is our multi-line graphic tablet. And it's not available for sale yet. We have a hundred of those that have been developed and are in testing phases. And then we will be starting training with staff and teachers this January, January 2024 coming up, with about 300 of those devices. So we are, we are taking applicants for that process. And then we will begin distributing those to students in September of 2024. Excellent. Thank you. And one question from the room. Uh, Wesley Brown, Parton, Oregon. Go ahead, Wesley. Yes, like I say, I appreciate you when you do this uh, museum that you're going to not put people with sleep shades or in a darkened room and you're going to do other aspects of blindness. But in a sense, I'd like to somehow do like the dark room or sleep shade thing, you know, in addition. But I want to see, figure out a way to do it, not just total blindness, but somehow somehow simulate the uh, higher levels of sight impairment, you know, so not to do the sleep shape, but have something that would impair their vision, but simulate 2200, you know, or sight, for instance. Yeah, and good, good question, Wesley, and it uh, warrants some clarification. So we will be doing some of that. We will have okay. opportunity for people to... Uh, put on the, the, uh, the different glasses or the goggles that, that emulate that, but we'll also, oh, we're cool. going to try to do that in a way, though, that educates mm-hmm. and reinforces a positive message rather than, because that's going to be one of the things, you know, when people hear right. blindness, they immediately think, oh, you can't see anything. So that's yeah, one of exactly. those, that's mm-hmm. a myth we need to demystify. We need to debunk that and say, no, 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 blindness is a spectrum. And so we'll be, we'll be educating people on the spectrum of blindness, that it, it goes from, you know, legally blind to, you know, remaining vision to field loss to whatever. But we're going to expand their understanding of blindness because the reality is, as we get older, all of us are going to be impacted by this at one level or another. It's uh, so, you know, if... 
we got right. a, we got a lot of education a lot of to work do with to folks. do. All right. Yes. Thank you we so much, Craig. It. Thank you. Questions. Thank you. I'm looking forward to. Craig said there were going to be all these other monarch-like devices. I'm planning to buy the dictator. I don't know who's who's going to be manufacturing that one, but that's the one I'm looking for. And I would like the door prize people to please do some door prizes. I've been waiting a long time. Where's the door prize people? Alrighty, go for it. Can you get to a mic? Please. I need some door prizes. Hello? There Thank we go. You. Yeah, very good. Good morning, ACB. Yay. Who wants... <laughs> I've got people saying, call my name, call my name. Who wants to win some money? Mm-hmm. All right. I think I can help a few people out with that. All right. All right, the first prize from Austin Council of the Blind. It's $20. And this one goes to Evan Watts, a in-person participant. All right. Okay. No, it's not mine either. I got another one. $25 from Florida Council of the Blind. This one goes to a virtual participant, Robert Turner. Robert Turner. From California. Yeah. All right. I have three more, Madam President. How many would you like? Uh, let's do one more now, and then we're going to do two at the end. All righty. $20, again, from Austin Council of the Blind. This one goes to a participant who is was in person, but now I know is virtual. Huh. Sharon Howerton. All right. Our singer. Excellent. All right. Oh. Thank you. All right. Thank you so Madam, much. Madam President. Yes. This is Alan Peterson. Alan. I picked up four more raffle tickets. So. <laughs> and uh, for those who have the strategy of waiting to the last minute to buy a raffle ticket because you think that's the lucky tickets. Uh-huh. I got those tickets. So Yeah. Alan has the track record, so I do recommend buying your <laughs> ticket from Alan. And he's got four more. Mm, thank you, Alan. All right. And he's still up there in the North Dakota section. All righty. Thank you. All right. I'd like to uh, call on uh, Nancy Becker, our election supervisor for the giant results of our election. That should take about an hour to report. Let's go. Yeah, resolutions. Come on. She's trying to get out of the job already. Hey, I'm trying to run. So, um, do you want me to just go over each one separately? Yes, please. Okay. So, the first one was resolution 2023-06. The grand total for was... 543.5 against 203.5. The total count was 747. The affiliate vote, the percentages was 72.1%. That was for the resolution. 27.9% against the resolution. The individual vote was 73.3%. For the resolution, 26.7 against the resolution. Grand total percentages, 72.8% for the resolution and 27.2 against the resolution. Next one, resolution 2023-12. 
it here. Um, the grand total was, there was, wrong one. I got to get in the right one here. 573 that were for the resolution, 177 against the resolution for a total of 750. So one thing I want to point out is you will notice different grand totals from resolution to resolution. And the reason is, is because in the individual vote, there are individuals that abstained and we don't count the abstained votes. So there will be a difference. So um, the number, uh, let's see here, the affiliate vote was 266 for the resolution, 80 against the resolution. That total was 346. So that was 76.9% of the affiliates were for the resolution and 23.1% was against it. In the standing vote, we had 307 that were for the resolution, 97 against the resol resolution for a total of 404. So in the, in the, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the individual vote, 76% were for the resolution, 24% was against. Grand total, 76.4% were for the resolution and 236 was against. And the next one is Resolution 2023-13. The grand total was 584.5 for the resolution, 162.5 against the resolution. And here's the breakdown. The affiliate vote was 274.5 for the resolution and 71.5 against the resolution. In the individual vote, 310 for the resolution, 91 against. And here's the affiliate break or the percentage breakdown. For the affiliate vote, 79.3 was for the resolution, 20.7 was against the resolution. In the individual vote, 77.3 was for the resolution, 22.7 was against. So the the grand total votes was 747. The grand, the grand total percentages are 78.2 for the resolution, 21.8% against. So the next one is 2023-01, and that's the amendment. There were 736 for the amendment, 14 against the amendment, for a total of 750. So the breakdown is 339 affiliate votes for the resolution, or for the amendment, sorry you guys, and seven against. And that was a total of 346. In the individual vote, 397 were for the amendment and seven were against for a total of 404. Um, on the percentage side, 98% of the affiliates were for the amendment, 2% were against. In the individual vote, 98.3 were for the amendment, 1.7 was against. The grand total percentage was 98.1% for the amendment and 1.9% against. Last, 2023-01. Two, sorry. 
I have these bright lights in my eyes, you know, I think I'm on, you know, on stage here. <laughs> David said he knows the feeling. So the grand total for 2023-02 was 723 for the amendment, 22 against the amendment, and the total vote was 745. The affiliate vote was 336 for the amendment, 10 against the amendment, 346 total. In the individual vote, 387 were for the amendment, 12 were against the amendment, and that total vote was 399. The percentage breakdown for the affiliate vote, 97.1% was for the amendment, 2.9% was against. In the individual vote, 97 was for the amendment, 3% was against. And the grand total percentage is 97% were for the amendment and 3% were against. Madam President? They all passed. Thank you very much. All right, and thank you everyone for all that. That was great. Lots of voting. All right, I'm going to now turn the program over to our presiding officer for the day. I'm so confused about what his job is these days. Let's see. He has been our treasurer for the past six years, and he is now your newly elected first vice president, Mr. David Trott from Talladega, Alabama. Good morning, ACB. After hearing the vote count, I felt out like I was on C-SPAN. But <laughs> um, if if I get a little slow on you, uh, Nancy's right. It is bright up here. <laughs> so, you know, it's what it is. Uh, we're back now with our other ACB angels that we have for this morning. Uh, I know I'm the presiding officer. Let me get to my spot on the page. Uh, we have first Travis Lee Johnson from Arkansas. Against the sparkling background, the letters ACB, and below each its corresponding Braille cell, ACB presents ACB Angel. Travis Lee Johnson, November 10th, 1945 to March 30th, 2022. Holly Johnson. Good morning. My name is Holly Johnson. I am the daughter of the late Travis L. Johnson of Arkansas. Uh, my dad was a founding member of the Arkansas uh, Council, as well as my mother, and he was their first treasurer. Um, if you knew my dad, he was funny, sarcastic. Uh, he was just a wonderful human being. He had a wonderful sense of humor, but he was also so knowledgeable. Um, my dad was the best. He was the best dad that I could have ever asked for. Um, as a child, I remember watching him leave for work and always wondering, was he going to bring me back something? Because sometimes when he, he worked as a rehabilitation counselor for the Division of Services for the Blind in Little Rock, and sometimes he would have to go work the stand program because one of his employees didn't show up. And when that would happen, he would always bring home, like, Dale donuts, and he would always make sure to bring me a blueberry donut. And uh, as a four- or five-year-old, that kind of sticks in your mind. And even as an adult, I still love blueberry donuts. Um, he would spend Saturdays with me and take me to McDonald's and run errands, and it would just be an afternoon of afternoon of 
he and I. And my brother fondly remembers uh, them getting on an Amtrak train about eight o'clock one night and going to Chicago, getting off the next morning, going to shed aquarium and a baseball game and getting on a boat, riding out on one of the lakes. And my brother remembers that it was easy. He didn't know if there's any hiccups. He just knew my dad had everything planned out and there, and if there was any hiccups, nobody would ever know about it. And that was just how life was with my dad. It was easy. Um, he always had everything taken care of. Even before you thought of it, he had it taken care of. Um, you never knew we would travel as a family and you would never know if something was going wrong or something didn't work out the way it was supposed to, because we didn't know. He didn't tell us. He just made other arrangements and made other plans. And we just went from there. Um, he was a grandfather, which he was called Papa. He was Papa to six babies. Um, and those babies missed him. Those babies are 17, 16, and 13 now. And they missed him just like we do. Um, they miss their Papa sitting at the back door waiting for them to walk in from school. They miss him sitting on the couch listening to their days and and being encouraging and supportive and just loving them. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is that we miss his encouragement and we miss his listening to us. He just had this very sarcastic sense of humor and uh, it was December, December of 2021, um, a few months before he passed my sister-in-law had been in the pantry. She said, there's no oatmeal, Travis. There's no oatmeal. He said, yes, there is. He came shuffling into the pantry and there was silence and rustling. And suddenly I hear his just dead pan voice say, I told you there was a oatmeal. And my sister-in-law said, Travis. And he, you could hear him laugh. And as he came around the corner, I turned around and I saw him smiling and that had been very rare because he had uh, his health had been declining and he didn't laugh and smile as much, but it was just this moment of he was right. And when he was right, he was going to let you know he was right. And there was going to be no other way about it. Um, you could go to him with any problem. You could discuss anything with him. And he would always tell you, it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. And it was. It never was not. When he would say that, you knew. You knew that it was going to be okay. And it was. And as a family, that's what we miss. We miss that encouragement. We miss his presence. We just miss him. Um, and we thank you so much for honoring him in this way. And the ones that knew him, you were so blessed. And if you didn't, you missed out on such a wonderful human being. Thank you. A logo, ACB, in print and braille. American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. And now we have Raymond Washburn from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Against the sparkling background, the letters ACB, and below each its corresponding braille cell, ACB presents ACB Angel. 
Raymond Washburn, January 5th, 1947 to January 16th, 2022. Raymond is a Native American man with dark hair, smiling and wearing a white sport shirt. Kim Venable. I have known Raymond Washburn and his family for several years through the national organization Randolph Shepard Vendors of America. His contributions to the visually impaired community in the state of Oklahoma have brought honor to the, na- the Native American community. Years prior to his heroic rescue of five people from the rumble of the Oklahoma City bombing, R- Raymond was a hero in the way that he led his life. Although he was born blind, he never allowed his disability to hinder him from living a full life, whether he was learning tribal dances playing in a traveling jazz band, graduating from the School of the Blind, competing in beat ball, or running his own business. The motto of the Uchi tribe of Tuskegee, meaning children of the sun, and as it applies to Raymond's life, this is fitting. It has been said several times since his passing in January of 2022 that the power of Raymond's heart illuminates illuminated the darkness therefore despite being physically blind raymond could see his way out of the bombed out federal building just as he had his way through the darkness and of his entire life raymond passed away on january 16 2022 at his home at the age of 75 raymond was born january 5th 1947 in Bristow, Oklahoma, of Demi and Marie Yargabro Washburn. Raymond was a longtime resident of Oklahoma City and a very large part of the blind community, having lost his sight as a child. He graduated from the Oklahoma School for the Blind in Muskegee, where he also became an Oklahoma State wrestling champion. He worked for the state of Oklahoma's blind vending program for 32 years in the Alfred P. Murrah building. Raymond was a survivor of the 1995 attack on the Federal Murrah Building. He, he was past president of Randolph Shepard Vendors of America, the Oklahoma Council of the Blind, the Oklahoma League of Blind Credit Union, and an avid beatball player. Raymond was also a ham radio operator-K85NLO. He was preceded in death by his parents and sisters, Francis and Florence. He is survived by his wife, Mary Lou, children, Diane Harper and Jay Hallmark, three grandchildren, Dominic Icky Harper, Leanne Bunchy Harper, and Diamond, Diamond Boy Harper, his last living aunt, Ethel Conley, and his beloved dog, Pancho, as well as many other relatives and friends. A logo, ACB, in print and braille. American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. Thank all of you who brought these folks forward as our angels this year and give us the opportunity to realize the losses that we have from ACB because we know, you know, most of us here know all these people. And uh, it's just a great opportunity to recognize their, their meaning to ACB and their meaning to us as the ACB family. No, I'm not fixing to get the treasurer's report. <laughs> uh, actually, we're, we're going to have our ACB growth report um, from 
Dan Spoon, our interim executive director from Orlando, Florida, and Miss Nancy Marks Becker, our CFO from where are you from? Something. The place I would never live, <laughs> Brooklyn Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Good morning, everyone. As we were, well, I didn't know. It might. I don't know if I'll echo or not. Yeah. While while Nancy is grabbing the other mic, I just as we were li- listening to Raymond's testimony, my dad, my grandfather Raymond Lovett was an avid uh, ham radio operator, and to this day. He's been gone for 30 years. W4KKR signing off. I grew up with that. So, ham radio operators love their call signals. Are we ready, Nancy? We are set. Okay. Oh, wait. We are settled, Dan. We are settled. Thank you, Nancy. I'd like to really take these next few minutes and talk to you a little bit about the health of uh, ACB, our staff, and what we've kind of accomplished a little bit here over the last 12 months, and then what we have looking forward into the future. So this is kind of a unique opportunity, I have to admit, for myself. You know, I was planning coming to this convention for my last time as the ACB president, and Deb Cook-Lewis has done an amazing job in that role, and you all were so wise in electing her president for the next two years. So thank you, Deb. It's been a wonderful partnership, first as the first vice president, and now uh, as my boss, as the chairman and president of the ACB Board of Directors. So uh, moving into the role as interim executive director has been, it's been exciting I've learned a lot, and the first thing I've learned is how amazing your ACB staff truly is. We meet every Monday morning with a, with a staff meeting where we try to kind of do a little icebreaker and then and catch up on each other's activities for, for the week. And we're divided into basically five departments. So we have advocacy, which includes advocacy and the audio description project. We have membership services, which is uh, both our membership as well as uh, supporting our scholarship program and the ERPS program. So that's kind of the focus of our membership team. And then we have our communications team, which of course supports all our communication networks, including ACB Media, also our Braille Forum editor and Sharon Lovering. And so that's our third team. Our fourth team is our resource development team, and that's kind of a new, really uh, initialized team that we have that's really focused on fundraising, and we'll talk a little bit more about that through the report. And then last but not least, we have our management and administration team, our office in Minnesota that, you know, Nancy Marks Becker wears so many hats for this organization. She's not only our wonderful chief financial officer... And for every year that Nancy has been our CFO, we have received a totally clean audit for our work as an organization. So she does her assigned job amazingly well, but she also helps coordinate our thrift stores and and help people get their applications in for scholarship. And she's very involved in the convention and on and on and on. And so 
one of the things that's very important to me is that we adhere to what I call the four eyes principle. And that is that your, your executive director and your chief financial officer should always be communicating and looking at things from our different disciplines. And we don't move forward with a decision as your staff until both the CFO and the executive director believe it's the right thing to do. So I'd now like to introduce Nancy. One of her other hats she's wearing right now is she's our HR specialist until we can hire a new HR person. And we've had several changes in our staff over the last year or two, and I thought it would be good for Nancy to take a minute and review the new people who have come on board in our staff here over the last 18 months to two years. So, Nancy. That's great. But one thing I want to say when Dan talks about how I make sure everything's done, Chris and Nancy Fila and Lane always make me look good. They're always there to, you know, to make sure the work is done. And if they forget things, they make sure it gets done, and then they let me know. So I am just the head. They are the people that do all the work. <laughs> so the last couple of years, ACB added new positions, converted contract, contract positions to staff positions, and filled open positions. ACB needed to be more dedicated to the type of communication we were providing to our members and those outside our community. So in the last couple of years, a full-time manager of communication and ACB media and IT manager positions were hired. Along with the editor position that we already had, there are now three staff members and a contractor who are providing information to our members internally and others externally. The next thing is we saw that development was very important to raising funds for ACB, so the audio description and grant writer position was separated into two separate positions. In development, in the development area, there is a resource development, development contractor to provide us guidance, an associate director of development, and a development officer. There is also now an audio description project coordinator where audio description can be focused on now full time. To be able to increase the contribution from the thrift stores to ACB, it was determined that a general thrift store manager was needed. And man, that has really helped out a lot for me. When the pandemic began, ACB needed to pivot to find a new way to reach out not only to our members, but those within our community. Community events were created to engage those within our community. It was soon determined that a membership assistant was necessary to support this workload. Otherwise, I think Cindy would have um, been run into the ground. This year, the person who had the membership assistant position was promoted to development officer, and the membership assistant position was replaced with an ACB member. Then about a year and a half ago, the Alexandria office needed help with providing support to those calling the office and for providing support within the office. Next, there are several staffing positions that are currently open. 
The accounting contractor position is being converted to a full-time staff member. And I know this was something that was supposed to have been filled earlier, but we've just had a lot of things going on, so this is going to be my focus for the next two months so that Blaine can um, get on living with his life because he's given us six more months than he had um, committed to. And that... And even though Lane's been there the last, the last six months, even though he wanted to do other things, I never heard, hear him say no. He'll say, whatever you need me to do, I will do it to help you. Thank you, Lane. Um, the human resource specialist position is open. It will be a part-time position. That needs to get filled within the next you know, two months also. And then last but not least, in the next year, the board will be in the process of filling the executive director position. Thank you, Nancy. And to put a few names with that, so in our resource development team, the contractor, our consultant that's helping guide us is Bill Reeder. You all may have heard his name. And then our new, well, now full-time associate uh, deputy director is JoLynn Bailey-Page. I know you've heard our name. And our new development officer is Colby Garrison, who moved over for membership services. And that created an opening as an, an assistant for membership event plan, platform. And that is now Natalie Couch. And then for our audio description project, when JoLynn now took the full-time job in resource development, that became Tapatha Kinlon. So she is our new ADP coordinator. And then that full-time ACB ES store manager is Chris Sawyer. Other duties as assigned, he's also our new mini-mall manager. So you might have seen him in the exhibit hall this weekend. And then our relatively new administrative assistant in the Alexandria office is Caitlin Herrera. And you may have met Caitlin this weekend either at registration or on some of our tours. So that's kind of the new faces of ACB. Next, we want to talk a little bit about where does our revenue and money come from to run our organization? So you all, all know this, but for every member of ACB, if you're not a life member, you, your affiliate or if you're contributes $5 for each member. So that's, that's where ACB's membership dues come from. If you're an at-large member, and we have a few hundred of those, that fee is $10. You have to pay an affiliate membership, whether you're joined one affiliate or multiple affiliates. All that money rolls up and into the American Council of the Blind. That money totals a little less than $50,000. Now, $50,000 is money. It's, a, it's important. We have a $2.5 million budget which means our membership dues account for 2% of our revenue. So, one of the things that makes me lose the few hairs I have left on my head right now is where to find that other 98% of the revenue to run our organization. We're very unique. There's very few membership organizations 
that the members only, create, only contribute through their membership dues 2% of the money to run the organization. Now, our members are very generous and through programs like monthly monetary support, auctions, uh, walks, raffle ticket sales, individual contributions to the convention, there's another 18% that our members provide to this organization. So when we put that together, almost 20% of our revenue comes from our members. But that still leaves 80% that we've got to get from somewhere else. So I just want everybody to be aware of that because as we continue to grow and develop, where do we get the finances to run the organization? It's very important. We are a nonprofit business, so we need, we need, uh, I was going to make a joke because I heard a voice out there, but I'm not going to do it. Hold your tongue, Dan Spoon. <laughs> but, but just keep that in mind. That that is what you're, one of the things your staff is working on. And that's why we've kind of increased the size of our development team is we've got to go find that money outside of our organization. So with that said, I'm going to ask Nancy if she can kind of review for us where our revenue comes in as a percentage of our budget and then where our expenses go out as a percentage of our budget. But before that, I want her to take a few moments and talk to you about a wonderful program that has really helped the American Council of the Blind over the last three years. And that, believe it or not, <laughs> in a weird kind of way, financially, the pandemic was fairly good to ACB because we kept everything going. As an amazing organization, we kept our conventions going. We kept our membership involved. We continued to thrive. But in addition to that, we received money in both the PPP loans and the, and the employee retention credit programs through the federal government. Now, that money is ending this year, and there won't be more of it. So, Nancy, how did we do? Okay. So, Dan, the pandemic really changed our lives both personally and with how our business was conducted. Personally, it was very changing for us. So, you know, everybody had to stay home. You couldn't touch anybody. You couldn't see anybody. But um, for business-wise, you know, it, we found it harder to um, conduct business as we had before. Something that really helped us is ACB applied for Dance has the PPP loans, but it's called the Paycheck, Paycheck Protection Program. And we applied for loans for both ACB and ACBS at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 and then again in 2021. Both these loans were forgiven by the federal government, and when the loans were forgiven, we needed to recognize this income or recognize this revenue. So that really helped us out. So we've got, we got the cash before we had to recognize the income. Now, on the other side, there was an, also an opportunity for us to apply for the employee retention credits, and that's called ERC. And I'm sure you guys have heard something on TV about that. And that was for the tax years 2020 
and 2021. And this is where we would um, wanted to receive a refund for a portion of our payroll taxes that we paid. So we applied for these credits for both organizations, and the income was recognized when we submitted the applications. So this is the opposite. We had to recognize the revenue before we got the cash. Um, we have received the cash for this um, PP or the ERC for ACB and ACBES for 2020. We have yet to receive the money for ACB for 2021, and I anticipate that will be. I'm hoping it's waiting for me in the mailbox when we get back because we just <laughs> received ACBES. The one thing that is really important to know is between these two programs, ACB and ACBES was fortunate to receive over $900,000 related to the pandemic, and that is a huge amount of money. Thank you, Nancy. So as you can see, that's about $300,000 that has come in as revenue to ACB over each of the last three years of 21, 22, and 23. So again, working towards a balanced budget for 2024, Deb, all of us will be working as a board and a staff to figure out where do we get that $300,000 that's not going to be coming in from the federal government this coming year. So again, something to keep us uh, an opportunity as we move forward. So, uh, all right, I'm going to do some simple math with you guys because I'm a math person and I get, get myself in trouble sometimes. Okay, so if we have a budget of $2.5 million, what's 10% of that? 250000 very good. And so what's 20%? 500,000. So as we start down these revenue goals, that'll give you something to understand. So I'm going to have Nancy kind of go through both our revenue and our expenses. And to give you an example, the first revenue that we receive money from are corporate relationships, like our sponsors for the convention, our sponsors for the AD Awards Gala, our sponsors for the D.C. Leadership Conference, folks that give us grants for programs like J.P. Morgan Chase. So those are our corporate relationships, which are what, Nancy? 20.3% of our revenue, so a little over $500,000, right, guys? So, Nancy, take it away with our percentages of revenue. Okay. So corporate relationships is 20.3%. 5%. Member event and programs, 18.5%. That's the walks, the auctions, the MMS, those thank you members. Okay. ACBES's contribution is 18.2%. I shouldn't say is because it was. Resource development was 8%. Other convention contributions is 5.6%. So just a reminder, when you're listening on the expense side, all the expenses sit for conventions sit on the expense side, but we have divided the sponsorships for the convention into two different areas. So um, the next area is scholarships, 2.6%. Earned income, 3.6%. 
other income is 23%. And that 23%, most of that is the PPP money that was forgiven and the ERC money that we received. So that will not be reoccurring in future years. All right. So there's our revenue. As you can see, most of it comes from corporations, our members, and the thrift stores. Those are our three big reoccurring annualized fundraisers. Okay. All right. Expenses. Where do we spend our money? We have nine key programs and services that the American Council of the Blind for the approval of the board of directors that the staff is responsible for delivering each and every year. So, Nancy, what are those nine programs and where do we spend our money? Okay, and these programs should sound very familiar to everybody in this room. Scholarships, 5.8%. Convention, 18.8%. Audio description project, 8.9%. Information and peer support, 3.4%. Advocacy and government affairs, 12.3%. Membership services, 11.5%. Public awareness, 8.4%. This is where I fall in is the next one. Management in general, 15.3%. And fundraising is 5.6%. So while all staff members are working on these programs, we do have some time that is management in general that doesn't relate to a specific program. So it does fall into this management in general category or support category. Right. And and, and for good kind of well-run non-for-profits, you want to keep that management and fundraising amount at right around 20%, which we've done a really good job of throughout our throughout our time with the American Council of the Blind. So that's kind of where we are from both our uh, revenue and expense side. So what does that mean for the future? I believe that we are in excellent shape with our staff at the current levels. We obviously have to replace Lane uh, with a a new uh, entry-level accounting position. And we have to, you know, follow through and hire our HR specialist. Uh, that, that has been a problematic position. It's hard to hire an HR specialist when you're a part-time person and you're the only one in the organization that does HR. What we're finding is newer entry-level folks want to be in a position where they can grow their career and be mentored and move up through the HR ladder. If you've got somebody that's really working full throttle in HR, they tend to be not wanting to work part-time. And so we've tried to kind of work for that person that has the right fit for our organization and is at the point in their work-life journey where they're not looking for a full-time job. And they need to be in the Minneapolis office. So uh, Nancy has continued to work through that. But those are kind of our challenges from a staffing standpoint. Obviously, another challenge that we're going to have to work through as a board is to replace your interim executive director with a full-time executive director. And we need to do that in a very strategic and, and, and proper way because what we don't want to have happen is we don't want to drop the ball. We don't want to leave somebody in a position 
where we surprise them and they can't perform. And I, I want to commend Deb uh, here as we were transitioning uh, into the interim to, uh, executive director role that the most important thing we felt was to make sure that we didn't let any balls drop, that we kept getting the work done. And that's my commitment to you as the interim executive director. We will work to make sure as we bring on the new executive director that we, we keep our, our eye on the ball. And my goal is, and I think this is Deb's goal with the board as well, it was we would really like to have the new executive director position in place by next year's convention. So that's what we're working towards. So we'll keep that in mind. But I just, as I leave, our, our overarching concerns to me to sustain a healthy organization, our opportunities for the future, is we are going to have to find additional revenue. And your challenge as part of that is to be the conduit, not necessarily for yourselves to give more money, but introduce us to your friends, your acquaintances, folks that know you, that maybe have access to more capital than you have access to. What we learn over and over again inside of this organization is how many people know people who know people who know people who happen to be the vice president of the John Deere company or happen to be the vice president or the president of Walt Disney World. I mean, it's amazing when we collectively address problems and situations, how we can solve them. So that's, that's one issue. But to me, the other big challenge for us as your interim executive director and your former ACB president, we have to figure out how to improve the health of our affiliates. The affiliates are the lifeblood of ACB. We are a membership-driven organization. And ACB staff has to be here to play a helping role. But I'm actually challenging each of you all, how do we grow our membership? How do we look inside of each affiliate and figure out what do we need to do to continue to bring members into this organization. I know all of us have been through roll calls here several times today. When I first joined this organization, there were probably 10 affiliates who had 25 members and they were maxed out. We don't have any now. We have a lot of affiliates that have one vote, two votes, three votes. We have an opportunity here your ACB staff is here to help, but we all together have to work at bringing more people into our ACB family that we love so well. Thank you all so much. Go ACB. to talk about part of that 18 percent we're going to hear from some of the members of our resource and development team that i've worked with for many years now I actually chaired it at one time and um, they're going to talk to you a little bit about the walk and the auctions and 
people are always asking me to let the numbers out. And I, I like to save it for these people because these are the people uh, that are actually working month in, month out to be sure that these events go off. So at this time, we have uh, from the auction committee, the chair there is Leslie Spoon from Florida. We have uh, Donna Brown. She's from Romney, Virginia, or is it West Virginia? <laughs> okay, and uh, then we have the chair, Dan Dillon, and he's from Hermit Hermitage, Tennessee. Thank you, David. Thank you, sir. Well, good morning, everyone. I know you've heard me a few times before, but... Um, for the very few of you who don't know who I am, I do co-chair the Resource Development Committee, which oversees many of the uh, fundraisers for ACB. And I'm going to be very brief. I'm going to, first of all, say we're having a very successful Braille Forum raffle. If there are any tickets left, there are very few. So if you want to take a chance at winning $5,000, you need to buy one of these tickets, and you can go in together with other people on these tickets. They're $50 tickets. So keep that in mind. And also, I would like to recognize somebody who I understand has worked very hard in coordinating these presentations by the ACB Angels. And I'd like to recognize Colby Garrison... Yes, Colby Garrison. I, I, I call her the little songbird because she did such a beautiful job with America Beautiful on the 4th of July. What a great job. And she's a sweet lady and very, very energetic. And um, I, li I like that, very positive. Oh, well, she, she projects very well, too. Thank you, Colby. Um, so first of all, uh, I'm going to introduce to you the walk queen, Leslie Spoon. I'm auction. I'm auction. I'm auction. Come on. Come on. Okay. I'm auction. Well, thanks, Dan, but I'm auction. <laughs> we could sell you going once, going twice, <laughs> walk, but that's okay. It's no biggie. So good morning, ACB. So I can't say enough about you guys. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This auction means so much to me. Brenda Dillon started it 17 years ago with Cindy Hollis and Jeff Tom. Three of my wonderful good friends that have mentored me guided me, shown me who to call, what to do, how to ask, and how to pester everybody now. So I can't say enough about those three people. I love you all very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't say enough to all you guys. Thank you for donating. Thank you for participating. It takes all of you. It's a team effort. This auction means a lot to all of us. It's fun. It's energizing. I love to see everybody bidding against everybody. I laugh every night when we're doing it, uh, the night of the auction when we're doing it. It's great. So thank you again. I also have to say a special thank you. I have the Dan Spoon, Gene. 
to my husband, Dan Spoon. He helps me so much with the appetizer auction. So thank you, Dan. It's a lot of love. It's a lot of fun. We kind of scream at each other why it's going on, but it's fun. Uh, We take bids, and people call, and they say, is that really Dan answering the phone? (laughs) And then we go on walks, and he's taking bids while we're walking, and then we go home and put the bids in. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't say enough to Michael Garrett. It It was his idea of doing the appetizer auction after we stole it from Carla Rushaval. So thank you. Um, so you guys, it means a lot. So thank you, Michael. It's, it's, the appetizer's fun. That's, that's our little part of the baby. And then we have the main event with the auctioneers and describers. So thank you. Um, I have to thank my committee real quickly. Stay with me. This is a lot. <laughs> and uh, so here we go. Andrew DeClotz, Angela Neer, Beth Corley, Brian Charlson, Cecily Laney Nipper, Christine Chaikin that does the pictures from Hawaii, Jeff Tom, Marsha Farrow, Michael Garrett, Mary Hopp, Patty Slaby, Rachel Schroeder, Terry Lenagashi, and Zelda Gebhardt. That's our team with David Trott as our officer liaison, which we don't know what will happen with him, but we, he's done a great job, and Nancy Marks Becker, which we can't do without. So, Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I have to tell you all, guess how much we have raised? Over $40,000. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And here you go. You guys ready? Are you ready for the challenge? Stay tuned for the ACB Media Holiday Auction. And I'm going to turn it over to my good friend Donna Brown for the walk. Thank you, guys. I am the short one today of this group. (laughs) Good day. I don't know, morning, afternoon, whatever time it is, ACB, uh, wherever you might be. We don't happen to have the walk song ready to play, do we? Unfortunately, we don't. Oh, well, anyway, y'all are missing out on hearing a good song. Uh, Sorry about that. Um, So... Anyway, our walk, it is still happening um, as of, well, about 10.15 or so this morning. Now, I I want you to understand, when you look on the the website, you're going to see a different number than I'm giving you. Uh, But don't don't panic. It's all good. Uh, So, uh, as of now, we're over $46,000. But... But, 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 it is not too late to give. It is not too late to even register if you want to. That's okay, too, because that that counts. Um, Our goal is $62,000. I know we can get there. Uh, So who's going to help us get to $50,000 by maybe like July 15th? I think that's a good goal. Let's be at $50,000 at least by July 15th. That's only another week away, but we can do it. Uh, Also, I want to thank so many of you. Um, So we had these interesting little challenges this year. We actually had put it out there for the ACB membership to vote on a theme. And 
I am proud to say that it was a West Virginian who, uh, whose theme was chosen, stepping out with ACB, and that was Jackie Proctor from West Virginia. And um, so we also had some other challenges. If you don't remember, ACB is 62 years old. Um, not quite as old as me, but that's okay. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, the 62nd person to register for the walk was Patty Slobby. At, so she received a, a, a gift card. And then the first team... And right now, the only team, <laughs> I think that will change, but to reach $6,200, and they have actually way past it, <laughs> is the ACB um, Sugar Warriors. And, <clears throat> and so quickly, I just wanted, um, we, are, we are over $46,000. There are right now five teams who are over 2000 or 20000 no, $2,000. I'll get it yet. Um, and we have one team that's almost there and a couple of teams that are not too far away. So let's see if we can get maybe 10 teams over $2,000. Wouldn't that be awesome? So I want to thank my committee because they're the best. Uh, Leslie Spoon's my co-chair. Uh, Dan Dillon's also on the committee. Linda Allison from Tennessee. Melvin Smith from Missouri, and Melvin was very responsible for getting those wonderful walk bags. Uh, Katie Frederick from Ohio, Donna Browning from Alexandria, Virginia, because I'm from Romney, West Virginia, David, um, and, and Amanda Selm from Amanda Selm from Kentucky. Um, also, with the bags, there are two people who receive walk bags on Saturday, and they were left up here on the stage. I would think you probably want them. I have them, so find the West Virginia delegation, and I will give you your bags. Um, and also, there are a few extra. If you've registered for the walk and you did not get a bag, see either myself or Leslie Spoon. Thank you, ACB for all your hard work for the ACB, Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. We're stepping out with ACB, put on your walking shoes, no time to talk. We're stepping out with ACB for the Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. We're stepping out and getting ready, all stretched out and feeling fine. Our feet are moving and walking steady with the American Council of the Blind. It be smooth sailing, excitement has it everyone. Has it everyone. Now that we're done preparing, come on and join in the fun. Oh, so much fun. We're stepping out with ACB, put on your walking shoes, no time to talk. We're stepping out with ACB for the Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. What a great report. That's a, a lot of workers there, but what makes all this come together is, is you, the members of ACB and your friends in your local communities for the walk and the auction. Uh, you know, we always get together at my house and have auction parties and listen to the auction and see who's going to outbid who or who's going to give $500 for Brian's cookies. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it's just a great event, and 
thank all of you for the contributions you make to ACV. Okay, at this time, I want to recognize a couple of people in the room who have meant a lot to me and helped me in my career with ACB because they're treasurers just like I am, or I'm fixing to be a has-been. But um, we got Brian Charlson, who has been a treasurer of ACB. We have Mike Godino, who's been a treasurer of ACB. And I'm going to tell you, this next one I'm going to name, I'm going to say a little bit about her first. You know, we had the ACB store, and Rhonda ran it for several years, and she enjoyed it. Um, Rhonda wanted to do tours. And we had this lady named Carla Rushable, who was treasurer at that time, who says, we need a mini mall. And the ACB branding... You know, money is important, but also the branding of ACB that gives you the opportunity wearing an ACB shirt maybe to have that 30-second elevator info speech about ACB. So the value of the mini mall is, is so important. And Carla worked hard, extremely hard, and done a wonderful job of bringing it up to being a great branding opportunity for ACB, and she did a great job as treasurer, and she's been one of my many mentors in ACB, so thank you, Carla. Now, I'm, I'm going back to reading again, and bear in mind, no braille, so just stick with me. This will be my last treasurer's report, unless something weird happens that I don't know about <laughs> Uh, 20, uh, 2023 Treasurer's Report and Narrative for the fiscal year 2022. The 2022 financial statements were audited, and once again, we received a clean audit. Somebody stole my thunder on that one, didn't they? <laughs> uh, surplus from ACB operations, which include business, thrift stores, contributions, and convention was $112,800. This was $345,000 above the approved, approved budget. And what that tells you, we didn't expect much. <laughs> uh, no, we expected, you know, to go in the hole last year. And, and so that's why it's above Revenue was $2,227,920, and I will provide a brief breakdown of these revenue categories. Individual donations, $134,000, and that includes individual convention sponsorships and donations made for a specific purpose. Affiliate donations is 18200 and provides support for ACB Media, the scholarships program, and the Braille Forum magazine, to name a few. Fundraising donation generated 218300 This includes MMS donations, Convention and holiday auctions, 
the walk, and the Braille Forum Raffle. One page at a time, then. This is interesting. Membership revenue from the state special interest affiliates and individual memberships was $46,600. The program revenue earned from the Audio Description Institute and Legislative Seminar was $39,800. ACB received grants totaling $156,000. This is, this is um, if you don't catch this from year to year and remember, this is a banner year for grants, $156,000. These funds helped cover some of the costs associated with ACB projects, such as the production of the Braille Form magazine, community events, and supporting ACB's infrastructure. Corporate donations were six hundred. And seventy-three thousand four hundred. These were donations were made in the form of sponsorships for the convention, the gala, the walk, the DC leadership, and for audio description at the National Park Services. Convention revenue, excluding convention and individual sponsorships was $126,900. Investment revenue generated through dividends and portfolio. Uh, sorry, I can't read this word. Re oh, I'm sorry, portfolio reallocation was $258,200. Miscellaneous revenue was $556,520. This included the 2021 PPP loan for $162,000. That was forgiven and recognized in 2022, and the 214000 from the employee retention credit. Expenses were $2,530,589. Below is a list for program including direct cost and benefit expenses, scholarships and awards, were 139,200. Convention, 491,400. Audio description project was 219,200. Advocacy and government affairs, 3,200, I'm sorry, 322,200. Information and peer support, in the blind and visually impaired community was 92,900. Membership services was 326,100. 
public awareness through ACB's communications channels, such as ACB media, social media posts, and by providing members with relevant information, which was $481,600. Management and fundraising was $457,989. And on December 31st, 2022, the value of ACB's investment accounts was $4.3 million. This was a decrease of $900,000 in 2022. Now, that is a bad figure, uh, that $900,000. And it is somewhat worrisome, but it's not, it's not the end of the world. We, we don't go grab that money out. And some of it's already come back to this year. So uh, when you go home, think about it as you've loaned it to somebody and you hope to get it back. <laughs> but I, I have thoroughly enjoyed being your treasurer, and I appreciate the opportunity to serve you in a new role. But I, I'll tell you, uh, with his investment skills and his money background, Michael Garrett will serve you well. I'm, I'm uh, and, I, and I said that to say that I, I kind of glanced by ACBES because at the board meeting, I stole his thunder. And I'm looking around. He's next on my agenda. Oh, he's video. Okay. Uh, so you don't get to ask him any questions. He's happy about that. So next up, Rick, if you would, uh, this is the interview or the report from the ACBES program, that's our enterprises and services business side of ACB. Greetings, ACB. I'm Michael Garrett, and I have the distinct honor and pleasure of serving as the chairman for the American Council of the Blind Enterprises and Services or ACBES, as we call it. And my colleagues who serve with me on the board include Jeff Tom, David Trott, Kim Charlson, George Holliday, and our newest member, Terry Pacheco. ACBES is a wholly owned subsidiary of ACB and consists of two thrift stores which operate in Amarillo and Lubbock, Texas. In 2022, the net contribution from the stores to ACB totaled $495,200. Store revenues increased almost 9% for the year. This was accomplished by focusing on maximizing the shopping experience in each store by welcoming customers as they come in or while they're shopping by having enough merchandise to entice them to continue shopping 
by displaying outfits together so that shoppers can see what actually works for them by providing a calendar of upcoming sales and by using social media postings which display unique items that can be found in the store. In 2022, ACBS received forgiveness for the 2021 PPP loan or the Paycheck Protection Program. So we recognize $75,000 in revenue. We also recognized an additional $127,000 in revenue related to an employee retention credit that we applied for pertaining to payroll taxes. Many thanks go to our great staff, which oversees the thrift store operations, led by Nancy Becker, our CFO, and Chris Sawyer, our general manager, who oversees the day-to-day -day operations. His valuable experience in the discount retail business is an integral part of the success we are experiencing today. We are also fortunate to have two strong managers in each store and a staff of dedicated employees who get the merchandise out to the floor and make sure our customers are welcomed when they come in. So you can see that we are making progress toward our goal. Our goal has been and continues to be to contribute 20% or more to the overall ACB budget. We're on our way and we're working hard because we believe we see a bright future at ACBES. And that revenue has continued to grow for us. Um, it wasn't too long ago that it we didn't even wasn't able to present any money to the budget line. Uh, I know that used to frustrate Mitch Pomerantz to no end because <laughs> I was there with him when he talked to us about it. But uh, we're, we're growing it back, and it, it's largely to Michael's stewardship through being the chair of the ACBES committee and Nancy Becker's diligence through the year until we managed to bring Chris on board. So, you know, the when you hear about ACBES, know now that it is two thrift stores in Texas and know that they're bringing us in well in excess of $300,000 a year to ACB. You know... If you've heard me campaign or you've talked to me on the phone, you know I'm always talking about membership and the value of membership and how we need to go back to our affiliates and get them to go to work. And we, we've got one of my dear friends that has been a friend of mine for many years that I can't think of anybody else that would be any better in this position than she is. So at this time, we're going to have our membership and affiliate relations report from Miss Cindy Hollis. Thank you.
Manager of Membership Engagement. And believe it or not, she is now, I guess, unless they told me she moved somewhere else, she's in Flat Rock, Minnesota. Flat Rock, Michigan. Am I, folks? I don't know. Hey, I'm from Alabama. you got to remember that. (laughs) They all know where I live. (laughs) At home, yes. Hello, everybody. Well... You know, when I spoke to you four years ago, to anybody that would listen, I preached about embrace, engage, empower. Does anybody remember that? (laughs) Well, at that time, I knew that the way to grow this organization was for all affiliates to find opportunities to meet new people embrace them, make them feel welcome, engage them by getting them connected and feeling a part of the organization and empowering them to grow in their journey in those affiliates. Within nine months of being a a staff member, I had spoken with several of our affiliates and came up with plans of ways that this could be accomplished. And then nine months in, COVID hit. And everything changed. And what happened from there really is, it is a miracle. We had no idea what COVID would do for ACB. And maybe some of you still don't know. But I want to share with you just a little bit. Because Embrace, Engage, Empower has become community. Um, Oh my gosh, I had another word. Wait, wait. Community, connection, and commitment. Uh, So community started with two calls that first week in March. We now hold on average of 100 plus each week. And... It is because of those that participate, those that volunteer, those that bring content. And I want to say to you that each affiliate could be and should be taking advantage of this platform. It is here for each and every one of you. We have seen many of our special interest affiliates take advantage, if you will, and hold regularly scheduled events, and many of them have grown in their membership. And yet, I know that our state affiliates are still struggling. So my commitment to you is, if you are a state affiliate, and also special interest affiliate, of course, and you want to really grow your membership Let's talk about ways that you can use the community platform, whether it's on community or starting something in your own area. We have learned that isolation from the pandemic was not just from the pandemic. COVID did not create isolation in our blind community. It existed before and it still exists today. We have people living in rural areas 
where there is not an ACB chapter near them. And we need to make sure that we are meeting everyone. And we've learned this through the hybrid model with our conventions and the ability for all members to have access to be able to participate in our voting process. All of this has taken place since COVID. Absolutely. One of the questions I am often asked is what benefit has community had on ACB? And how can I prove it? And it's pretty difficult. (laughs) However, last night we were in a mixer, community mixer. I would say there was probably 50 people in the room. So it's just a small little segment of our population. But I asked a question. I asked, how many of you in this room came to ACB because of community? And if it wasn't half of that room that clapped, I would say it was more. And it And so I'm going to ask you here, how many of you in this room came to ACB because of community? Okay. And we've probably got about the same number of people that you guys were in there last night. Thank you. We need to remember that community is not just for ACB. It is a service to our blind brothers and sisters We have people coming to community from all over the world. We have them volunteering and participating in all aspects of community. And many of them are now vice presidents of affiliates, on the board of affiliates. Within three months of community, we had probably one of our youngest life members become a life member through community. And I know affiliates, you know who you are, state and special interest affiliates who have stepped up, uh, members have stepped up and taken leadership roles, leadership fellows over the last few years. We're introduced to ACB through the community. And, well, I'd be remiss in in, uh, passing up the opportunity to share that our own Tabitha Kenlon, a staff member, came through community. So we have this amazing opportunity to reach many, many people out there that we don't know yet or give them a place to belong and participate in. We transformed Embrace, Engage, Empower to community. What was that other word? (laughs) Connection. Oh my gosh, why am I doing this? To community, connection, and commitment. And now, I believe that's transforming into participation, passion, and pride. I want to also mention that I am so proud of Colby and her work with with membership and in the community for nearly two years got her noticed and uh, well-deserved, and I know she's going to do well in development, and I'm just really proud of her. That left a a gaping hole, and uh, I want to acknowledge all of our volunteers that have stepped up over the the last three years, 
I, I want to acknowledge Belinda Collins, who uh, we contracted with during the interim. Absolutely. And all of our volunteers that have uh, really been helping behind the scenes with this hybrid and virtual uh, convention. Please help me thank them as well. And, and then I want to really do a little bit better job at introducing now the person that we did hire uh, as the membership services administrative assistant, Natalie Couch. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drill her really quick. I'm going to do a quick, fast interview with her. But before I do, she's standing right next to me. Before I do, I just want to say that it was my plan that, you know, to ease her in, because that's what you do. You know, you ease people in, you don't overwhelm them. There's a lot about putting the community schedule together. People just have no idea. Dan now knows, because I wrote a seven-page um, <laughs> outline of everything that goes into it, but um, it's, it's a lot, and there's a lot to memorize, a lot to learn, a lot of nuances. And so it was my intent to move her in, ease her in slowly. And then four weeks in, I had a fall and broke both of my feet. And I was in the hospital for three days, and no one would have ever known because Natalie just picked up and did what she needed to do and kept things going. So um, she and she is just rocking and rolling this, you guys. So before I introduce her, I want you to give her a warm welcome. She said she was nervous. I said, don't be nervous. These are our people. Okay. So first question, Natalie, how long have you been a member of ACB? I have been a member of ACB since 2009. What made you decide to get trained as a community host? I wanted to get trained as a community host because I wanted to um, do some hosting for my state affiliate. That was my main reason. And I also knew that this was um, a way that I could give back to ACB. What kind of chocolate do you love? Um, my favorite chocolate is probably milk chocolate. And my favorite brand is... Fannie Mae, which actually, um, I believe, originated here around Chicago somewhere. And if you could describe your job in three words or less, <laughs> give them to us. Um, let's see. <laughs> um, let's see. Rewarding, um, honor, and gratitude. And I will, I will just say that what we do is a labor of love. Um, there's so much more that I could report. I will say that I have been working with affiliates uh, behind the scenes on things like conflict resolution, leadership training. Uh, there's... There's a whole host of areas that I am available to work with our affiliates. And so if you, as an affiliate, feel like you want to really strengthen your membership, it starts 
with your board. I believe that with everything in me. And if I can help in any way, I want to. Also, one other exciting news piece of news is that we have an affiliate that is working to get started in South Carolina. So, yes. The, so please go like their Facebook page. It's the Palmetto Council of the Blind. And I believe next year they will be seated with all of us. So, um, and with that, I will turn it back over to David. But thank you so much for giving me this truly, this is my dream job. And uh, it's just an honor to serve all of you. Thank you. Okay, at this time, I'm going to turn it back over to our president. Just a minute, I think she's got an announcement. Run off with it. Let me get you this and I can do it. We can hunt one. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Let me see if I can get this down here where I am. Sorry, guys. So uh, we are running a little off schedule. Um, if Janet's in here and if you can get us any a few more minutes, we'd appreciate it. If we can't, we can't. But I do have an important uh, announcement. I have a small, quick announcement to the board first. Uh, we need you at 6.15 p.m., if you are a board member, to be there for pictures at the registration desk, or what will be the former registration desk then. But if you would be there, please, at 6.15 so we All right, I can't. I've got to read. I need to put it up there. Okay. I, 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 we're almost okay. I, I don't We've got I'm... people helping Deb from each shoulder. So. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And this is, and sitting, this is a little, I think I can do this. I've stretched my neck. Uh, we have a really important announcement for ACB, and we haven't been able to share this up to this point because it has been in negotiation, and we wanted to make that announcement today. And this is uh, a very uh, important work that Kim Charlson and Lainey Feingold and others have been engaged in. And I have permission to read the, this is the first reading of the big press release, and it is a little long. So I apologize for that, but this is very important. So it says, National Credit Reporting Companies and the American Council of the Blind reaffirm commitment to provide accessible online credit reports. All right, now let me read all this. Alexandria, Virginia, July 5th. 2023, the nation's three major consumer credit reporting companies today reaffirmed their commitment to provide access to um, important credit information for people who are blind or have low vision. The initiative crafted with the American Council of the Blind and several blind consumers will help protect the credit information of individuals who cannot read a standard print credit report. Under the plan announced today, Equifax, NYSEEFX, Experian, EXPNL, 
and TransUnion will make online credit reports and related information accessible through their jointly operated website, um, annualcreditreport.com. This is the official site to help consumers obtain free credit reports. Um, And we, uh, quote, we are thrilled with the renewed commitment of Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion to provide credit information in large print, braille, audio, and accessible electronic file formats, end quote, said Dan Spoon, Interim Executive Director of the American Council of the Blind. Quote, this initiative allows people with visual impairments to independently monitor and review their credit reports as all members of the public should. These are critical tools for avoiding identity theft and protecting the privacy of our financial information, end quote, Spoon said. Um, Quote, by creating annualcreditreport.com, Equifax and the other two nationwide credit reporting companies gave consumers easy access to their credit information, and this latest initiative is yet another example of how, as an industry, we are extending this access to consumers with visual impairments, end quote, said Dan Adams, president, Equifax U.S. Consumer Information Solutions. Um, Experian, quote, Experian has a long history of providing um, quality credit products and services to consumers, and we were excited by the opportunity to improve access for consumers with visual impairments to these important tools, said Carrie Williams, Group President, Credit Services and Decision Analytics, Experian Americas. Quote, TransUnion is very pleased to be a part of this important effort that will help empower visually impaired consumers to manage their own credit health, said Mark Moreau, president of Consumer Services at TransUnion. Renewed commitment. Today's initiative includes a renewed commitment to provide credit reports in Braille, large print, and audio formats, and to design online credit reports and related web pages in accordance with the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, uh, WCAG 2.1 Level AA, issued by the Web Accessibility Initiative, WAI, of the World Wide Web Consortium, W3C. The guidelines help ensure that websites are accessible to persons with visual disabilities. The credit reporting agencies first worked with ACB over 15 years ago when free credit reports were first rolled out in the United States on annualcreditreport.com and 1-877-322-8228. ACB President Deb Cook-Lewis commented that, quote, we appreciate the three credit reporting agencies and their collaboration over many years and the structured negotiation process that brought us to today's announcement. About American Council of the Blind. American Council of the Blind is a national consumer-based advocacy organization working on behalf of blind and low-vision Americans 
throughout the country with members organized through 70 state and special interest affiliates. ACB is dedicated to improving the quality of life, equal opportunity, and independence of all people who have visual impairments. Its members and affiliated organizations have a long history of commitment to the advancement and processes of programs, policies and programs, which will enhance independence for people who are blind and visually impaired. More information about ACB can be found at their website, www.acb.org. About Equifax, Equifax, www.equifax.com, empowers businesses and consumers with information they can trust. A global leader in information solutions, employment and income um, verification and human resources, business process outsourcing services, we leverage one of the largest sources of consumer and commercial data along with uh, advanced analytics and proprietary technology to create customized insights that enrich both the performance of businesses and the lives of consumers. Um, Customers have trusted Equifax for over 100 years to deliver um, innovative solutions with the highest integrity and reliability. Businesses, large and small, rely on us for consumer and business credit intelligence portfolio management, fraud detection, decisioning technology, marketing tools, HR, payroll services, and much more. We empower individual consumers to manage their personal credit information, protect their identity, and maximize their financial well-being. Headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia, Equifax Incorporated employs approximately 7,000 people in 14 countries throughout North America, Latin America, and Europe. Equifax is a member of Standard & Poor's S&P 500 Index. Our common stock is traded on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol EFX. About Experian. Experian is a global leader in providing information, analytics, and marketing services to organizations and consumers to help manage the risk and reward of commercial and financial decisions. Combining its unique information tools and deep understanding of individuals, markets, and economies, Experian partners with organizations around the world to to establish and strengthen customer relationships and uh, provide their businesses with competitive advantage. Uh, For consumers, Experian delivers commercial information that enables them to make financial and purchasing decisions with greater control and confidence. Clients include organizations from financial services, um, retail and catalog, telecommunications, utilities, media, insurance, automotive, leisure, e-commerce, manufacturing, uh, property, and government uh, sectors. Experian Group Limited is listed on the London Stock Exchange, EXPN, and is a, uh, a, I'm sorry, goodness, constituent 
of the FTSE 100 index. It has um, corporate headquarters in Dublin, Ireland, and operational headquarters in Costa Mesa, uh, California, and uh, Nottingham, UK. Experian employs approximately 15,000 people in 36 countries worldwide, supporting clients in more than 65 countries. Annual sales are in excess of $3.8 billion. For more information, visit the group's website on www.experiengroup.com. About TransUnion. As a global leader in credit and information management, TransUnion creates advantages for millions of people around the world by gathering, analyzing, and delivering information. For businesses, TransUnion helps improve efficiency, manage risk, reduce costs, and increase revenue by delivering com uh, comprehensive data and advanced analytics and decisioning. For consumers, TransUnion provides the tools, resources, and education to help manage their credit health and achieve their financial goals. Through these and other efforts, TransUnion is working to build stronger economies worldwide. Founded in 1968 and headquartered in Chicago, wow, uh, TransUnion employs more than 4,000 employees in more than 30 countries on six continents. wonder which one they don't. www.transunion.com. Um, and so that is our press release. And congratulations, everyone who worked on this exciting, exciting announcement. Yeah, there we are. That's much better. Okay, now we're ready for the advocacy update. This is what we're all about, people. We we really want lives better for all of us blind and, and visually impaired individuals. So at this time, I'm going to present Clark Rackville, who is our Director of Advocacy from Alexandria, Virginia, and Swatha Numakumar. Our advocacy and outreach specialist from Alexandria, Virginia. All right. Thank you, David. And just a quick check with the presiding officer. Do we still have full time or? Go as quickly as you can. Quickly <laughs> as you can. Well, uh, I'm a noble gas, folks. Like, I'll fill all the time there is to fill. So, <laughs> all right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, a live edition of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am Clark Rockfall, your Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, and I am joined by... I am Swatha Kumar. I am ACB's Advocacy Specialist. And we are very happy to be here with all of you and also very excited for that joint uh, press statement about ACB's advocacy uh, to help our members uh, be more independent and have control over their personal finances and credit. I mean, how important is that? Um, so, yes, exactly. Another big round of applause. 
So there's a lot that's been going on at ACB, and we're going to kind of group this update as digital inclusion and accessibility, uh, health and wellness, transportation, and then other. Uh, but other is just as important, as important but it's the, uh, the hodgepodge of the advocacy update. So first, digital inclusion. Two of our legislative imperatives are related to uh, digital inclusion, that being the Websites and Software Applications Accessibility Act, as well as the Communications, Video, and Technology Accessibility Act, um, both of which we are working very hard on for reintroduction. But I'm going to turn it over to Swatha to share a little bit about the web, uh, I'll just call it the web access bill and the joining work that we're doing with some of our partners. Yeah, so the web access bill, um, this bill was introduced last year um, by Senator Duckworth and Representative Sarbanes. Um, and we're working hard with them this year to get it introduced. Um, we're also working with our partners, National Federation for the Blind, American Federation for the Blind, and National Disabilities Network to essentially get this reintroduced, reintroduced and um, make it a priority for Congress. We are also working with, working with our partners in the, in the administration on this, um, like on the guidelines and rules and rules and regulations. Yeah. So um, on Love Awareness Day, on, the May, on May 18th, um, ACB, along with other um, groups, including, including, including um, NDRN, NFB, and AFB, Went to the White House to participate in a listening session um, on digital inclusion, which included which included, the, which included um, legislation, regulations, and a general awareness around the issues of um, web access. So, and we also next day next next day on next day um, May nineteenth, um, we also participated in a listening session um, with the Department of Justice uh, and. We talked more broadly about um, digital inclusion and voting, and um, also um, pedestrian access to both environment, environment. Yeah, so uh, we find it a lot of fun. We love being your representatives in D.C. because ACB has a seat at the table. Uh, whether that's with the White House Domestic Policy Council, the National Security Council, the Department of State, the Department of Justice, uh, and others, and also with the uh, U.S. Department of Justice Office of Civil Rights. So every opportunity we get, we are pounding the table and raising these issues. Yes, it's a legislative imperative, um, but we have a multi-pronged approach here, pushing forward for a Title II and Title III regulations from the Department of Justice, um, ensuring that websites and applications are included aspects in uh, when other federal agencies are looking to update their Section 504 regulations under the Rehab Act. Um, so we are, uh, we are raising our voice on behalf of all of you every opportunity that we get to make the virtual environment just as, if not more, accessible than the physical environment. Uh, 
In addition, the CVTA, Communications Video and Technology Accessibility Act, uh, this is legislation that we are working with Senator Markey from Massachusetts and Representative Eshoo from California to amend and expand upon the great work that's been done with the Communications Video um, Accessibility Act from 2010, the CVAA. Uh, fortunately, the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, is not waiting for the CVTA to be passed. Uh, they are using their existing authority to expand the number of broadcast designated market areas that must pass through audio description. So in 2010, when the CVAA was passed, this was 60. Uh, that is currently being expanded up to one, the top 100 market areas by the end of 2024. And there is a, uh, well, there was a comment period, and that will go to a rulemaking. Um, and we are hopeful that the FCC will require all 210 designated market areas to pass through audio description. Additionally, um, the broadcasters have had for the past eight years an exemption for uh, requiring the dynamic images associated with emergency alerts to be accessible. Um, they say the technology doesn't exist. Uh, there's no way that they can do it. And this year, ACB and AFB which have in the past supported the waiver as technology evolves. The last waiver was five years long. It's like, well, if you haven't been able to figure it out in five years, what's the point of doing another waiver here, folks? So that's, you're not trying hard enough. So we, ACB and AFB filed comments opposing a waiver extension and worked with the FCC and worked with broadcasters. Uh, yes, they did receive a waiver, but it's only for 18 months, and they have quarterly reporting requirements and engagement requirements with the disability community and with the FCC. So we're excited that uh, this issue is getting more attention, not only by broadcasters, but by the Federal Communications Commission. And then last but not least, on June 15th, um, under the CVAA, there's a section on advanced communication services. And this is why we have accessible uh, messaging, text messaging, email, uh, instant messaging, things like that. It, we also have accessible two-way audio communications. Um, the FCC had the mandate for accessible video conferencing services, but the rules were never cre created. The FCC on June 15th passed a report and order and an additional uh, notice of proposed rulemaking to finally create the rules for accessible video conferencing services. So we're not taking this out of the CVTA um, because we don't, we don't know what that'll look like in the real world and maybe they won't go far enough. So this is another area where progress is being made, uh, but it remains part of our legislative imperative so that we can keep uh, pushing the technology industry as well as the FCC even further. All right, on to health and wellness. Well, Swatha, we have a couple legislative imperatives that relate to health and wellness as well. 
Yes. Um, so the medical device, Navajo Accessibility Act, um, or that um, bill, which was last, year, uh, last Congress, has been introduced by Jan Schakowsky of Illinois. Yeah, I thought I was lost. My home state, my home state, my home state, my home state, my home state. So this bill is introduced in the House. Um, it has 48 co-sponsors, 44 Democrats and four Republicans. We're we're working on a um, campaign in the Senate. We're working hard with our partners and with members of Congress on this. Um, yeah. Well, Exercise for All Act. Um, this bill was introduced last Congress um, by Senator Duckworth, again from Illinois. Um, and and we're, pu- we're pushing for re- reduction um, next year. Yeah, so uh, the, the web access bill and the CVTA, uh, we are confident to get those reintroduced this year. Um, but with the congressional calendar and all of the competing priorities, it looks like right now um, that the Exercise and Fitness for All Act will be reintroduced next year. Still in the 118th Congress, but next year. Uh, that does not mean that our work for accessible exercise and fitness equipment is waiting for next year, right? Uh, I believe his name is uh, Timothy Hairston from Maryland. Asked me yesterday, why isn't Peloton here? You know, they've done all this work to make their equipment accessible. Why aren't they here? It's like, you know, I've been asking that same question. (laughs) Um, It shows that we still have work to do. Even when companies are making their products accessible, we need to work with them to ensure that their culture is inclusive of people with disabilities and that they see the value of partnering with ACB in coming here to speak directly to all of you. Uh, Additionally, we are, uh, through partnership with our uh, legal advocacy partners, I know many of you were in the sessions with disability rights advocates and Andre Gallegos, the chair of NCD, and Michael Nunez and others, um, we are doing work to ensure that, uh, what do you want to call them, I guess like uh, health wearable devices are made more accessible for people with disabilities. Yes, we, I know we have lots of, lots of Apple watch wearers. Maybe we've got some, uh, some Google watches or, or Galaxy watches and Fitbit users, but that's only part of the ecosystem, right? So if there are consumer products that are used for health tracking and offer communication services, we are uh, ensuring that they know their obligations as it comes to accessibility. Also, remember how I was just talking about accessible video conferencing? Well, in the healthcare space, what kind of service uses video conferencing? Telehealth and remote appointments, right? So if they're using video conferencing, those services need to be made accessible. And we're making some, some inroads here as well. You know, a lot, a lot of these companies, these uh, off-the-consumer-shelf companies or these healthcare providers, they don't know that they're subject to the FCC's rules, and ACB is helping them understand what that obligation is. 
So, additionally, our work with the National Institutes on Health continues. Uh, we are still, you know, COVID is mostly over, right? But COVID is not the only reason that people use at-home tests. So we were excited to have the uh, the Alum at-home tests that are more accessible, right? Not totally accessible, not totally usable by everyone, but more accessible, available in Omaha last year, and again, in your goodie bags at reception this year. But that work's gonna get going to continue because our health economy is moving more towards remote diagnostics, at-home testing, um, and we need to continue the work with National Institutes on Health to ensure that accessibility is a mandate for these products and that they are providing effective communications for their instructions, uh, for the use of the tests, and for the readout of information from the test. Uh, also, at our DC Leadership Conference this year, we touched on uh, an item that ACB and one of our partners, uh, an attorney, Sue Boyd, as well as some members of the Get Up and Get Moving Committee worked on, and that was a Dear Provider letter. So Swatha, would you like to share more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so we are not only re- reminding um, for companies of their obli- obligations under, under the, under the under, um, laws. This letter um, also reminds um, healthcare providers, like hospitals and doctor, doctor, doctor offices, that they are required to make their um, communication, communication, communications and um, their other um, services accessible to blind folks and people with disabilities under the ADA. So this letter reminds them that, and reminds, and uh, also provides the way that they can do that, and they can. Um, yeah, they can make their source accessible and um, also to talk to us if they need um, assistance with that. So. Yeah, so if you go back to our, uh, our, our lovely resolutions discussions and we're talking about uh, disability awareness and training for healthcare professionals, this letter is a great tool for individuals. It's a great tool for uh, affiliates in their states to be able to share with healthcare providers. Uh, in terms of legal advocacy, our litigation with Quest and LabCorp continue. Uh, we did have the trial for Quest last fall. We were just waiting on a verdict, and we're still going through the, the legal process with LabCorp. The trial has not occurred to date. Uh, so see you all in Jacksonville. Maybe we'll have more on that one by then. All right. I would quickly like to turn toward transportation. So I know many of you were in the Uber session yesterday, and I want to thank everyone for sharing their experiences, sharing the, the good, the bad, and the ugly with the folks from Uber who were here to listen. Um, it was, I, I was very proud of our ACB members to, uh, to clearly and effectively communicate, but also being respectful as uh, as frustrated and as angry as I know all of you and we are. But ACB has been doing some work in this regard as well, right, Swatha? Yes. So apart from the session, um, we have also been um, working with Uber. And we can do work with Uber um, on, this, on making sure guide denials are um, dealt with and that accessibility is a priority. Yes, yeah, survey. 
Um, we also, um, last year, we conducted a survey um, asking guide dog users to tell to essentially report their denials to us and tell us about their denials. And the survey got over 80 responses. And those all those responses have been sent to the Department of Justice. Um, and they they find it really helpful, really helpful, really helpful, really useful for really useful for all of you to keep to um, fuse data. And they encourage all of you to keep to keep reporting denials to them. I know it's hard and frustrating and it's not but it's always ideal, but they do really appreciate appreciate that and really do um, find help find it useful. Yeah, sure, yeah. We um, at the board meeting on, on Thursday, Friday, on Friday, um, we talked about uh, our, our work on the Federal Aviation Administration um, reauthorization. So what the FAA reauth is is that um, essentially makes, makes planes fly. So, so um, we um, are working with working our, par- our partners in, in that space and Congress to make sure that those are also accessible, so we're accessible for um, people with disabilities. Um, included in the packages right now um, are provisions to make airline websites, websites and applications accessible, accessible, accessible to people with disabilities. Um, we also included um, provisions um, to improve assistance and training and um, Access for guiding users. So. All right. Um, and so I don't catch the uh, the ire of the presiding officer or the president. Um, as you can tell, we could we could keep going about the, the various areas of work that we're doing. I would like to highlight two more. And one is accessible currency. So how many yeah. folks participated in person or virtually? at the Currency Rally back in March. How many folks were chanting with us, show me the money? Well, because of that rally and because of the outreach of SWATHA, we were able to get a meeting um, through the White House Domestic Policy Council with the U.S. Treasury that included the... uh, Oh, gee, so many people. The director of the Bureau Engraving and Printing, the general counsel, the deputy, what, deputy chief of staff to Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, um, in follow-up meetings with our coalition partners from women's groups and Native American groups, uh, Dan Spoon, Dan, I believe at that time you were interim executive director. It's so hard to keep track. Interim executive director Dan Spoon um, (laughs) was able to meet with the U.S. Treasurer, Minerva, as well, who is paying close attention to this issue. And in early June, we had a follow-up meeting, uh, again, with with the director of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, as well as their general counsels, uh, director of communications and other. And we got to feel the raised tactile feature. Um, We got to see the high contrast in larger uh, number 10 numeral. We got to experience the production system that is being used. And we had great conversations about the processes that they're going through of feasibility, testing of the note 
itself, ensuring that it can be um, produced repeatedly and in high volumes. And then they'll move on to testing of the production equipment to dial in um, basically 0.1 margin of error type work to ensure that the equipment can tolerate the production of the new bill. And then from there, they'll share it with the banking equipment uh, manufacturers so that they can, uh, they can ensure that their systems, any system, any machine that counts, receives, or dispenses the bills, need, they need time to ensure that they can do that accurately, consistently, and reliably. But with all that said, they are on track for the new $10 bill uh, with the low vision and tactile features to be delivered to the uh, Federal Reserve Board by the end of 2026. And then it is up to the Federal Reserve Board to enter the new bill into circulation. Uh, but this is just the first. This this family of new currency will is first being rolled out with the 10, but the same systems and processes will be used with the 50, the Harriet Tubman 20 in 2030, and the $5 bill in 2032. Wow. So, yeah, that's right. Show me the Tubmans. And then last, voting. Voting, voting, voting. Um, so with the split Congress, it, it looks highly unlikely that any federal voting legislation will move forward in this Congress, but the work at the state level continues. So there are 14 states now that allow for accessible ballot delivery, completion, and return by people who are blind and people who are print disabled, and they can do that electronically. Uh, Vermont was the latest to pass that legislation. Uh, I was talking with Kenneth Simeon about Texas. Uh, the Texas legislature passed legislation for the accessible delivery and marking of the ballot, but still paper return, uh, but their governor vetoed that bill. So, you know, more work to be done, not only in Texas, but California, Washington, Illinois, yep, Michigan, uh, New York, and so many other states. Um, and then just one, one, quick, one quick story um, after the National Industries for the Blind breakfast this morning, there was a gentleman whose name and voice I recognized. And it was a gentleman, Dennis, from ACB of Texas. And I met Dennis at the DC Leadership Conference in 2020 and got to go with him to his Hill meetings on Capitol Hill. Um, and I'd, I just want to thank everyone who makes the effort, all the affiliates who prioritize the in-person participation at the leadership conference, because not only is it good for our elected officials and staff to meet people who are blind in person, to hear your personal stories in the room, um, but I'm going to tease Dennis a little bit, because the first meeting we went to of the day, I don't even think he remembered his name when we walked into his Congress member's office. But by the end of the day, he was on a roll. So I'm always excited when we see that growth from our members 
who are able to have that experience for the first time. Uh, I hope they catch that bug and take it home and continue their advocacy, not only on behalf of ACB, but on behalf of their affiliates, their local chapters, uh, themselves, and the broader community. So at this point, I'll turn it back over to Swatha uh, to share how folks can contact us with your advocacy priorities, because we can't do this without you folks, uh, and close us out. Yeah, so uh, if you want to contact, contact, contact Clark and me with um, your advocacy stories or your questions or um, whatever else you want to talk to us about, um, you can contact advocacy at acp.org and on behalf of Clark and me. Keep advocating. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Janet has a lot more power than your president does. Just wanted you to know this. And she's gotten us a small extension to stay in here a few more minutes because I promised you that we were going to hear from the folks from Be My Eyes. We were going to try to do that yesterday when we weren't running behind. And uh, that didn't work out for us. So do we have them in Zoom today? Was that Mike, Mike Buckley? Yes. He was here and left. Oh, jeez. Okay, fine. We can't do that then. All right. I am so sorry because uh, that was definitely the plan, and, and we got permission even to stay. So what we are going to do then is we're going to move right quickly to Janet's convention report. Sorry, I had to move my paper. Good afternoon, everybody. I, I do have a report, but the first thing I'm going to do, since I'm going to take chair privilege, is I am going to announce a couple things that we're still living at the information desk and would like to go home to where they belong. And someone purchased a Stevie Wonder T-shirt yesterday in the size large, still in the bag. Please go get that at the information desk. These poor sunglasses have been around for a while. We have the sunglasses with the black frame, and then we have the um, prescription sunglasses in a case, gold frame. They've got to belong to somebody. We also have a green, we had a pink one before, but now we have a green pill box with someone's pills, and we have a little black case with a keychain and a thumb drive-in that's got to belong to someone. So please stop by the information desk and uh, claim your items. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, The first thing I want to do is I am going to do a convention report, and I'm going to change it up a little bit because, first of all, I want to thank – what do you guys think? Has this hotel staff been wonderful? Absolutely wonderful. And – We started working with them in 2017, 16, I don't even remember when. We had a contract to have a convention here in 2020. We all know what happened in 2020. And so then we worked with the hotel to renegotiate and come back in 2023. And I am very privileged to have two people from the hotel staff here with me right now. And they're going to say a couple words before I continue. So Eric Hallberg. 
Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Eric Hallberg. I'm the director of sales, and I've had the joy of working with Janet since 2016. <laughs> uh, and we said we weren't going to talk about 2020 and all that went, went on there, but Janet just had to bring it up. <laughs> but on behalf of our 350 ambassadors and our general manager, Mr. Dieter Heigl, it was such a joy working with all of you. Um, thank you, all of you for your um, great attitudes and joyfulness. All of our ambassadors commented about how happy they were working this past week uh, during the holiday and everything. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Janet, for bringing the group here. And we hope to see you again in the future. Thank you again. Director of Convention Services, Heidi Kuypenhofer. Oh, that was good. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I can't really follow up to what Eric said um, any more than truly thank you all. Thank you all for being patient. Thank you mostly for teaching us and um, helping us learn how to make this conference work in our facility. Um, it has been a long time coming since before COVID. Um, so I have truly learned a lot, our team has learned a lot, and, and we just appreciate you all so much for being here and the great attitude, as Eric mentioned. Um, that goes a long way on both sides of the fence to make everything successful. So um, I hope to see you again. I hope to get to work with Jan and team again um, and meet all of you. And um, there's lots of dogs left for me to pet. <laughs> so, so please don't everybody run out today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You made us happy, Hi. Heidi. Yes, Heidi's been having a really hard time ignoring the dogs. And all, I, all the staff went through, or most of the staff went through training here the first two days, and we're all very receptive, and they've done such a wonderful job. Thank you. Yes. Now, I would like to thank the Illinois Host Committee, who again started this in 2019. And we were able to keep most of the people on our host committee this year. Uh, the committee ably chaired by Ray Campbell. Yay. And the other, members, the other members of the convention committee were Karen Campbell, Marla Chorney, Andrea Connor, who Andrea, I have to say, did such a good job. And I am so apologetic that we, she had the color guard here. And we did not have the flags, and they were not able to do their color guard thing. But she worked very hard to get them. And um, many other things, Sharon Howerton, Jim Crawl, Rachel Schroeder, and Debbie Watson. You guys have been amazing. Thank you so much. I want to thank ACB staff. Of course, I work with many of you more closely than others of you, but I have to say Kelly has made my job easier by being the director of communications and sending out all the convention emails, which I used to send out during the convention, so she took on that as her, as her new role. Um, Caitlin in uh, Alexandria did helped out with some registrations and on some tours when I couldn't get to all the registrations, so that was great. Um, everybody else in Alexandria, of course, you've done a great job. Rick and team, thank you for an outstanding AV experience. 
And I have to do a special thank you to the Minneapolis office because they're the ones that I work with more closely. And Chris, Nancy, Christine, and Nancy, you know how much you do for the convention. No one realizes how much you guys do. You are amazing, and I could never do this without you. And I can't even talk about it. Yes, for those of you who can't tell, I'm up here with tears, as I always am during my convention report. Um, I would like to thank my convention committee. This year, Vicki Prehan was not able to be here to chair the information desk, but it was ably worked by Karen Spry, and Cecily was down there a ton. She did a great job, everybody. Um, my Sally Benjamin and her volunteers... She worked tirelessly along with the host committee to get some great volunteers. Um, I just have to take a moment and say, William, we really missed having you back in the volunteer office with us. We love you, buddy. Um, Marjorie, oh my gosh, what can I say? I always warn the hotels about Marjorie. Because Marjorie comes in with her and she finds everything that needs to be fixed. And she stays on the hotel till it gets fixed. Now she's on the airport and she's been working with TSA and trying to get your departures as smoothly as possible. So Marjorie, you have, as always, the Energizer Bunny has run everywhere and been done everything. Michael Smitherman. Mr. Exhibits. As always, it was a great exhibit hall. I know when convention is about four months away, because I talk to Michael probably three times a day when we're getting all the exhibit halls set up. And he did a masterful job this year. Exhibits were a little slow in coming, but when they started coming, we just got inundated and had a great exhibit hall. Um, who's been on a tour? What do you think? We had some great tours, didn't we? Yes, and we've got three more great ones coming. But Rhonda, as always, did a masterful job with her tours. We were here in the fall doing some site visits, and she just she is so dedicated. And people say, Rhonda's always counting. Rhonda's always getting, trying to get her, but she wants to keep everybody in a row. Um, Cicely, you did an outstanding job as doing all of your Zoom things and everything else that you were doing. Cicely kind of was a jackie of all trades this week at the information desk, at the exhibit hall. She was everywhere. Thank you. And they are not really part of the committee, but Tim and Maria and the guide dog relief area was just absolutely wonderful. Uh, I have so many other committees who help with this convention, the convention steering committee, the Convention Planning Committee, <laughs> you name it, there's a committee for it. And everybody who helped and got your input in, I just can't thank you enough. To Mr. Dan Spoon and Ms. Deb Cook-Lewis, thank you for all of your support and for having the faith in me to give me this outstanding honor. And hope to be back next year. And as far as next year, we are in Jacksonville, Florida. July 5th through July 12th, 
and Jack, Florida, give me at least a week after the convention, and then we'll start talking, okay? I know, I know, you're all excited, but just give me a week, okay? And then in 2025, we will be in Dallas, July 4th through July 11th. So we have two great conventions planned. The fall board meeting will be in Jacksonville the weekend of September 29th this year. And um, after this is over, we'll start planning our conventions for 2026. So I would just like to thank everyone for all their hard, hard work. And I hope you agree that this has been an absolutely wonderful convention. Ja- thank Janet? You. Yes. Ja- I just, this, this, is Ray, this is Ray, and I just want to say a real quick word. When we started this, oh yes, we started up again in 2022, 23. My goal was to keep everybody on the host committee because I wanted them to see this through. But one, we couldn't. And we yes. really miss him, and Jimmy that's Jimmy Crawl. Yes, we. His dad did a great job, but Jimmy, we miss you, and I wish you could have seen it through too. Yes, but we know you're smiling down on us. Thank you. He sure is. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. I'm glad you brought that up. So, wonderful convention, everyone. Thank you for letting me be the convention coordinator. You know I love doing this. Thank you. I have just one quick announcement, and then I'll turn it back to David. There are eight Braille Forum raffle tickets left. Eight. Now, guys, the registration desk is closed. So you can pick these up tonight um, as we begin the banquet. They'll be available, and people will have them. And if you want one, you just make sure someone knows that you do, because there are only eight. So come on, guys. We can finish this off. All right, David? Deb, last year, the person who bought a ticket, one of the last people to buy a ticket, ended up winning the Braille Forum raffle. Yes. So bring your credit card. So buy them up. We're almost done with it. All right, David. We got any door prizes? Yes. Okay, the name you need to draw is Trot. Yeah, we're giving away the door. Doesn't matter which one, just one of them. Okay. Well, David, the, the, Rachel's voice did not change. She had to run off to an Apple session, so... I'm going to go ahead and finish this up. Um, And I want to thank my door prize team this year. They've done a great job. (laughs) The winners all agree with that. I don't know what the people that didn't win feel. But anyway, we got two more left, so let's do those real quick. $25 from Library Users of America. Thank you very much. And that goes to a virtual attendee, Donna Williams, one of our explorer. Yeah, explorer. Explorers. Or was she a guide? She might have been a guide. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I knew she was in the program. And the last one, another one, Austin had, has had some money to give away this year because another 20 bucks from the Austin Council of the Blind. And that goes to Maria Stone, one of our Scoopmaster people, in person. That's all the door prizes we've got for today. We'll have a few more at the banquet tonight, though, so stay tuned. You might win. Thanks, everybody. You, don't forget that we need the board members and staff down at 6.30. The bank, oh, I'm sorry, 6.15. And the banquet starts at 7 in this room. I know you'll be here before then. And just remember, if 
If there's any Braille form t uh, raffle tickets left, I'm ending my career as treasurer here, so I expect you to buy the last of them tonight. Thank you, and, and, and we've really had a good convention, haven't we? Yeah. All right, time to, time to move. Time to move to Jacksonville, just about it. And we're going to have a great convention again. We're back. And the one thing that I want to admonish you to be sure, advise you to do, beg you to do, whatever I need to do, Mr. the convention survey. Mr. Presiding Officer, I move we adjourn the 2023 convention. We will in just a second. I want to talk just a minute before you get out of here, folks. How we decide, the way we do a lot of things in ACB as far as the convention is, is the survey. Please take the survey because it doesn't do you any good to gripe to me out here in the smoking area. I won't remember it tomorrow, but I'll see it in the survey. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of the convention.